0: You are listening to The Next Dimension. Dragon Ball Z presents Trunks vs. Goten, Mr. Satan's Courage, and the Mysterious Duo. 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 Hello and welcome back to the Next Dimension Dragon Ball Z podcast. As always, I am your host, Donovan Morgan Grant. And as ever, I am joined by my friend and co-host, Mr. Jesse Garrett. Howdy, Don. How are you? I'm well. How are you, how are you doing, Mr. – I said this before when we called Mr. Snowman. Um, you are – as a resident um, citizen of Georgia, you are currently uh, experiencing some inclement weather, are you not?
1: Uh, yes, this is day – Three of, uh, yeah, I haven't left the house. Uh, cabin fever, man. Cabin
0: fever. Wait, seriously? <laughs> oh my god. Really?
1: Uh, well, I, I was off. Let's see, I was off Tuesday. I didn't go, couldn't go to work yesterday, and now today I'm. Couldn't go to work yet either. And I'm off tomorrow, so I may not be leaving the house, like, all weekend.
0: Now, is that as awesome as it was when we were kids and if you had snow days, or is that, like, just, like, completely. Because I know at one point you. Compl- the reason why we didn't record yesterday is because your power went out in Atlanta, right? Yeah,
1: Atlanta. it was out. It was out for a good little while, and uh, I couldn't charge. I basically couldn't charge anything, so I didn't want to. I didn't want to record, and then you know, to have something die on me. Uh, it, it came back on last night, and it's been on ever since. But yeah, the roads are iced up, uh, snow covered. You can't even see the road from the yard. There's no divider there. But I am going to go out and go to awesome snowman.
0: <laughs> have you seen Frozen yet? No. Uh, I was going to insert the uh, – because, like, the first song you hear from that Disney movie is uh, called Do You Want to Build a Snowman? I was going to sing that, but uh, I'll spare you my dull set tones. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm sure a lot of our American listeners or the listeners from the south have experienced this crazy weather. because this has been freaking cold as hell. I mean, not cold as hell, but, like, it's been really, really cold. Like, uh, we were expecting snow yesterday. We didn't really – we got kind of hail, but, like, it wasn't really sticking. But, like, it's just been like, I've been sick the last, like, week just because of the cold weather. I, I can't take the cold weather, and I'm kind of getting over it now, but, uh, I mean, I, I've seen Michael Bailey, uh, fellow podcaster on Facebook, discuss how, um, like, like, uh, the weather's, uh, impacted his recording of his podcasts, and just, like, all over. I mean, like, another, um, like, something like thousands of people are, I think, out, of, out either out of power or just, like, snowed in, I think, I've heard.
1: Yeah, last, uh, two weeks ago when it snowed, people were stuck on the highways for, like, 13 hours. Oh, God. Yeah, this God. is a... If it isn't yet, it's probably going to end up being the most snow I've ever, ever seen. Because we got about six inches, I think.
0: Yeah, it... it uh, it's, it's definitely breaking record, you know, breaking records all across the country. I mean, you see on, on um, various news sites just how countrywide it's just been crazy. I know, like, uh... Uh, our sister city Chattanooga um, a lot of my friends who still go to school down there have been saying like, like school's been closed like day after day after day delaying many exams and um, it's just been it's just been wild like right now it's kind of sunny outside but it's, it's not gotten over like the low 40s in the last like a month it's just been so cold down here it's outrageous
1: yeah and I, it's uh it's very very bright from all the reflection I didn't know how <laughs> bright snow could be
0: all the whiteness everywhere. Um, so for all of you who are from the UK and uh, Spain or Asia or who are not in the South of America, <laughs> who aren't, aren't interested in hearing us complain about the weather, let's get on to some news, shall we? And there is actually some news. It's funny because I think I told Jesse once before that, like, ever since uh, we started this show, you know, we were kind of a look-back show, but all of a sudden now, after Battle of Gods, there's just been this flurry – you see what I did there – of uh, – a Dragon Ball news. And um, in the past month, Toriyama has actually revealed a um, somewhat major uh, revelation in that we have information on Son Goku's mother, of all, of all things. This, yeah, obviously you can get this in content shoot, although this was originally revealed in a um, in an issue of, in the March issue of Sakio Jump. Which I imagine is a, is a Jump magazine. Most of the Jump magazines in Japan are basically uh, anthology collection titles of various manga stories, which is where Dragon Ball originated from Shonen Jump. Um, this uh, the March 2014 issue contains a Q and A uh, between the the magazine and Toriyama, and he actually gets in um, some fair depth when it comes to. Uh, They're they're asking about Bardock because the episode of Bardock's special, the three-issue special, was being reprinted there. And so they asked about Bardock and his family. And um, they actually come out and ask, what what type of person was Bardock's wife? Because, you know, we never saw Bardock's wife or or Goku and uh, Radice's mother. And uh, I'm going to begin begin quoting here. Uh, And Apparently, she will have an appearance in uh, Toriyama's current series, Jocko the Galactic Patrolman. He's actually been releasing some retcons back there. We, uh, we've been revealed that Bulma had a sister in that series. And um, apparently now we, will, we may see Yoku's mother there. Her name was G-I-N-E, spelled uh, Gain or Ginny. I'm not exactly sure how you pronounce it because it is Japanese. Um, and um, according to Toriyama, she, quote, had a gentle personality and wasn't cut out as a warrior. Uh, she was repeatedly saved from danger by Bardock. <laughs> Um, At that time, a special emotion was born between them. Normally, Saiyans don't have a notion of romance or marriage, and apart from the royal family of Vegeta, they aren't particular about blood relationships. Being in among all that, I suppose you could say that the pair of Bardock and Gain were those rare Saiyans who were joined by a bond other than for reproductive purposes. Incidentally, Gain, who was not cut out as a warrior, would go on to work at the... (laughs) Would go on to work at the meat distribution center on Planet Vegeta, and then Toriyama goes into the fact that they, the four of them—Bardock, Gine, and Kakarot—they were never—they never lived together as a family. Obviously, we never saw Bardock with them, and Goku was shot to Earth pretty soon after he was born, and um, and because the Saiyans don't really have a concept of family, they were ever really together. Um... He goes into a little bit more about Bar, it's actually pretty interesting. He goes a bit more about Bardock at how he's a low class warrior who really isn't all that very strong. Again, refuting the evidence as to why he can't become a Super Saiyan. And, um, you can find all this at the, uh, translations where they translate this interview at Kanzenchu.com. Uh, any thoughts on this, Jesse? It's, it's a really, I find it a very random revelation of information. Uh, anything to say about this?
1: I gotta wonder if he actually had put thought into this, or if they just asked him, and on the spot he just kind of said, "Okay, yeah, here's her name, here's this, this, and this."
0: Yeah, I, I agree with you. This, this sounds Toriyama's not the kind of guy to really sit down and write out the, the plots for things, especially when the series is concerned. But um yeah, this, this kind of sounds like he is, you know, uh, he is making it up on the spot. But at the same time, his word is bo- his word is God, so uh, we kind of have to go by it, essentially.
1: Yeah, and I mean it could be kind of a not necessarily uh, on the spot, but just something he's gonna he decided to put into his his new current series, and didn't necessarily put the mo- most most thought into because it's not it's not bad. It's just you know where did all this come from? Like this came this literally came out of nowhere.
0: Yeah, it is. Well, it, in fairness, it is something that people have been wondering. Like, what about Goku and Vegeta's mothers? Because we see their fathers and we see pretty much all of their family. So, we have to wonder where their mothers were, but the fact that he had this explanation on hand, out of nowhere, 20 years after the fact, <laughs> is like, okay, okay. I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, um, you ask somebody the same question again and again and again, and you eventually get to the point where you expect a non answer, and then all of a sudden they answer it for you. It's just, it's cool though. We don't want to, like, you know, bite the hand that feeds us, but, um, I reminded, I remember recently there was another interview where he kind of revealed at the end of the series the, um, like the fates of Yamcha Tien and Chaotzu. I'm not gonna get into it right now, I am might get into it a little bit later, but like, again, it was one of those things where like, he really wasn't, um, all that candid with the series after the series was over with. He was really into, you know, game design and such such things. And now that Dragon Ball is kind of in vogue again in Japan, he's been a lot more, uh, forthcoming, I mean he even says in this, in this uh, interview that like if there's going to be another movie like, as a sequel to Battle of Gods he would like uh, Vegeta to be the main character which is odd because he's kind of been, there's been the assumption that like Vegeta wasn't really uh, a favorite character of his, uh, kind of pieced together by various interviews so like he's really um, he's really kind of come forth and really just kind of put forth a lot of this information that the fans have been clamoring for for years so I guess he's been kind of a bit more charitable to the fan base lately
1: Hmm. You think that you think time, having enough time away from the series, has kind of rekindled his love for it, or his desire to, I guess, be into it.
0: Either that or money, <laughs> because Battle Gods did make a, a buku load of money. Um, possibly, I mean, and again, like Toriyama, from what I've gleaned upon, I think that because of the, how how insanely popular Dragon Ball was and how famous it made him, and how much work he had to put into it. I've always gotten the sense that he never really loved the series as much as, as um, the fans. Not, not that he hated the series, but like, like for instance, when you when you talk to Stan Lee, Stan Lee's super enthusiastic about whatever you brings him, like whether it's the Silver Surfer or Spider Man or the X Men. He's like, "Oh yes, these are the greatest things I've ever, ever done." Toriyama wasn't really that kind of guy. He was sort of like a uh, guy who really enjoyed. Creating, but was never really wholly invested in the mythology of the characters. Despite the fact that Dragon Ball was the longest running series he's ever, he's ever worked on. And he put so much input into the series in terms of the backstory and the characters and fleshing them out. It's, it's kind of weird because you really, especially, especially, I will get into it when we end the, the series itself. The way it ends, you really got a sense that he kind of got fed up with doing it. So, it's weird now that he's ever at all given much, uh, uh, backstory uh, after the fact, so he could he could be appreciating the series now uh, more so than he was when he was doing it. But um, it's 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 odd. It's it's definitely um a strange turn of events.
1: Well, I mean, you do you do kind of see this with creative types where they they go back and revisit something after a set amount of time. I don't know if it's because you can look back and see what you could have done better, or you look back and see uh like loose ends that you think after so long maybe i to, you know i can tie these up mm-hmm. it's not completely unheard of but uh and i think it's it's great that you know that something that everybody essentially thought was done and over can get new life breathed into it however however small
0: oh absolutely yeah like like i mean it, it's better this than him just like completely saying i don't want to talk about this anymore leave me alone so it can be a lot worse um, so, yeah, that, that's, uh, who knows what else going to say in the future, really, especially if he's, like, saying he's up for another movie, that's that's kind of interesting. Um, so, from that bit of news, we shall go hit the emails, and, um, we had a good number of emails, we had, let's see, one, two, three, we had about eight emails, we're going to read half of them right now, um, some of them are a bit long, um, I'm looking at you, Daniel, and, um, we honestly are kind of pressed for time in recording this, so we don't really want to get bogged down by the emails although before the episode is released i will go back and uh read out the rest of the emails later on at uh, a later date so all of them will be read just not right this second and um mm-hmm. just you shall read these the first email is from a uh, return email from mr tyler Novotny, i believe
1: hey it's tyler again i want to let you know that i told my friends about the Dokuism and went to the website and i would like you to I'd like to let you know that I accidentally helped convert a friend to Gokuism. <laughs> accidentally. Great. If you think about how Goku could be God, Super Saiyan God doesn't count. We most likely die as many times as he has. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, Goku is awesome, but when discussed Gokuism with my friends, they've made some very valid points. Like, Goku leaves his family multiple times <laughs> for extended periods of time, leaving, and at one point he wasn't there in time yet to deal with Frieza and King Cold on the Earth. Also, Goku would rather have Gohan training instead of studying, which makes me think how little education means to him. <laughs> yes. Yes. I mean, he can be the example of what happens when you live under a rock <laughs> when you are the age to go to school. The last thing I would like to say is off topic, but when I emailed about if you would be reviewing Dragon Ball Z Battle of Z, I forgot to say that the demo is out on PSN. And Xbox Marketplace, so you guys should check it out. The online is really fun, but when it lags, it is insane. Thank you for doing the podcast and keep up the
0: good work. Thank you, Tyler. Um, Jenny, I've seen—I believe I've seen you post more about uh, gaming in the last week or so. Uh, are you on the PS, the PlayStation Network?
1: Uh, I'm not. I want to be. I'm uh, looking to get a, a new PlayStation. Notice I didn't say PlayStation 4. Just either a PlayStation 3 or a PlayStation 4.
0: Yeah, I I, I still have the three. Um, but uh, I'm, yeah, I mean we've we've actually gotten a lot of emails about reviewing Battle of Z. Apparently, it's a very good game. <laughs> so um, we, I might have to like you know, if, hopefully it's, I think it's on PlayStation 3. That's the weird thing about the play, I, I feel that PlayStation 3 is still relevant. Uh, I'm not sure that like what if it's on PlayStation, PlayStation three or four because I if it's on PlayStation four, I cannot uh, play it. But um, we because we have so many so many responses to review it, we probably should at least get, I guess play the demo at some sort of GameStop or whatever. I don't know.
1: Yeah, if I have the means, like I'll definitely download the demo and probably get the game if it's fun. And from the sounds of it, it is pretty awesome.
0: Absolutely, yeah. And I, I'm always up for a great Dragon Ball Z game, even if they are uh kind of the same i suppose a lot, a lot of them are, are typical fighting games but they've kind of really uh re-upped the fighting engine so i'm always down for a, as long as I can kind of interpret the story and make it as close to the series as possible all right our next email is from mr alex evangeli
1: dear don and jesse when i asked you guys last month about goten's conception i was just curious about whether the manga gave any information since I think Funimation Dub did vaguely imply that it was just before the battle of, would Cell. Your explanation of the DVZ fan form <laughs> broke me, and I sort of walked around in a shocked haze the whole next <laughs> time.
0: <laughs> it did the job, then.
1: Almost as bad was your comparison of Dr. Brief's to Miles Warren, which I totally missed until you pointed it out. <laughs> now, I can't unsee that, and to make matters worse, his wife is a blonde who looks much younger than him, just like Gwen Stacy. All we need is to do is explain she's a clone and that somewhere Dr. Briefs is worshipped by animal people like Oolong and Poor and, and the comparison will be complete.
0: Oh my God. Uh, that's your fault, Jesse. You were the one that, that pointed out that uh, comparison, so thanks for yes. putting that image in my mind. All my fault. My
1: fault. <laughs> if it's cool, I'd like to give my two cents about what one of the other emailers was saying in regards to Vegeta's 18,000 18, power level and blowing up the earth. Personally, I understand how the ever-increasing power levels undermine what came before in the grand scheme of things, but when I actually go back and watch the series, it's with the understanding that at that point in time, a character who might be weak overall was a big deal at the time. As a a consequence, when you get caught up in the storyline, you sort of forget that there are much stronger guys out there, i.e. Nappa is weak compared to the Namek era villains, but when you go back and watch him slaughter the Z fighters, he's nevertheless a terrifying opponent.
0: Real quick, um, I think we can kind of get more into that in the series because, uh, as we said in the last episode, Chunks and Goten are Super Saiyans, and even though they're not as like, you know adept fighters as the other Z Fighters, being Super Saiyans means they're stronger than Frieza, <laughs> even though they're like the itty bitty little kids. That's kind of like a that's that, that can. I, I, it's it's always weird to kind of like you know push along the people who are that strong down the line by having those sort of, like, lines of demarcation, like being Super Saiyan and such like that. But um, you kind of have to kind of remind yourself as the series goes on.
1: It's, it's an ever-changing, like, plateau. Right. Uh-oh, spoilers for Jesse. Ooh. Also, as far as Vegeta blowing up a planet back in the Saiyan saga, I'd, like to, I'd just like to point out that back in Dragon Ball, back in Dragon Ball, Master Roshi, who I think had a power level of, like, 100, was able to destroy the moon and then continue fighting afterwards. Sure, the moon isn't as big, but nevertheless, it's food for thought when discussing how good each character is at planet busting.
0: That's true. I mean, like, are, we, are we to assume that Yamcha can destroy the planet if he, if he chose to do so? No. <laughs> <laughs> fight. Awesome. Definitely not. Oh, yes.
1: The discussions of, about Sonic took me way back, and I lololed at your Sonic-DBZ comparisons. I guess Robotnik is Dr. Juno? Oh, yes. Yes. Ironically, since I didn't see DBZ until post-2000, I always thought Super Saiyans were a ripoff of Super Sonic, not the other way around. I, I can understand that.
0: Oh, yeah, Bob. I mean, um, and we kind of talked about it last time that, like, when you kind of, like, Go back and think when Super Saiyan Goku first appeared and when Sonic, Super Sonic first appeared. Um, Could you turn into Super Sonic in the first game, or was it just the second game?
1: Just the second game.
0: I, so I thought so, I thought so. And
1: because think, like a year later.
0: And Sonic 1 came out in 91, or 90... 90 91. 91, okay, yeah. It. Yeah, because, yeah, Super Saiyan... Supersonic Goku came out first. It was right right before then, but because they're both in the same country, they probably have a quick turnaround to do uh, Supersonic, but uh, never mind.
1: Yeah, I, I could understand thinking Supersonic came first. I always thought the Hobgoblin came first thanks to 90s animation, but... <laughs>
0: <laughs> Ruined again by the 90's show. 90s show.
1: Your idea for Untold Tales of DBZ were awesome and got me thinking about how cool it'd be to see, like, Dr. Zero working with the Red Ribbon Army and creating the androids or possibly seeing Goku learning to be and Super Saiyan Level 3 for the first time.
0: We're going to that.
1: Yes. Moving on to the actual episodes you, episodes you covered, I have to admit my enjoyment of the series when I first saw these tournament episodes were beginning to seriously dip because the series seemed to just meandering with no clear direction or villain. The appearance of the mysterious duo, quote, felt like the series was finally starting back up properly. In hindsight, though, knowing where the series goes, these tournament episodes are great to just show these characters outside of a ma- massive crisis. It's the calm before the storm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: When watching these, I have to ask if the scenes depicting Gohan teaching Videl about energy and flying are basically the same in the manga and anime. I only ask because it's been said before, Toriyama dislikes romance
0: in his stories,
1: and yet these secrets seem to lean more towards the romantic genre.
0: Well, um... Well, first about, about Toriyama's disliking—I don't think he so much dislikes romance as he thinks he's not very good at it. I, I've, I've read interviews where he says, "I'm not really good at romance," and the series shows. <laughs> Again, Krillin and Eighteen, but um, in the manga, I mean, it, it was always—it was a bit—it was a lot stretched out in the anime. Uh, but the scenes are are there in the manga, mm-hmm. like when Gohan's explaining to Videl, you know, it, it takes your energy. And she says, "What is that?" He says, "Well, you know, your energy." And then go to and blast the rock. And then he he realizes he has to sit down and show her that that's in the manga. It's it's not as drawn out as it is in the anime, but the scenes are there. So uh, and then like um the whole tension of, of him saying cut your hair. She says, "Oh, do you like girls with short hair?" That's in there. Uh, really, the only thing in the coverage from last month that wasn't in the manga was the whole sharpener shipping thing. But um the the romantic undercurrent of the of Gohan and Videl is, it is evident in the, um, in the manga. And as we'll say today, everything that happens in the anime in these episodes are pretty much in the manga. Like, there's not really any major filler besides um, one notable scene, but I'll get to that one in our coverage.
2: Hmm.
1: My favorite scene in these run of episodes probably has to be Goten meeting Goku. I think it's one of the many touching little scenes that shows the Buu saga isn't quite as bad as many people have made it out to be. Also, the best, scene, the best part of the scene has to be how when everybody else is gushing over Goku's return, Vegeta just has this deadpan stare of not giving a f**k. <laughs>
0: <laughs> because it's Vegeta.
1: Videl as a character has also also becomes more likable in these episodes you cover and becomes a real part of the game. By the time the tournament actually starts, it was cool to see her excited to see Gohan, because after the training episodes with her, it seemed the two of them had struck up a nice friendship. And so it was cool seeing them just hanging out. I think that those scenes stuck out for me since outside of Philo, we've never seen Gohan with an actual friend of his own age before.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's true. The closest thing he has is Krillin, and that's just because he's short.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, I remember uh, DBZ Bridge at one point had Gohan think to himself, he doesn't know anybody besides a, a giant green man who yells at him and a bald midget. <laughs> so uh, he's, you know, high school's been good to him. I mean, he, he already has a friend who's a girl.
1: These scenes also add more weight to what came later, notably Videl's one and only fight, which was nonetheless one of the most brutal fights in the series. Rewatching it now, I honestly winced and felt a bit uncomfortable when when Videl was getting beat up, up. Talk
0: about that? Next one.
1: In regards to how easily Goten and Trunks can go Super Saiyan, I did see a theory on Dragon Ball Wiki once, which seemed to make sense. Sorry to drag this into the gutter a bit, but essentially the theory went that the power levels of Gohan future trunks goten and kid trunks were influenced by how strong their parents were when they made them oh god and oh god is like it's parentheses. It's, it's there this theory does make sense since goku was much stronger before goten was born than when he was before gohan was born hence goten is way stronger than gohan was at his age equally kid trunks can easily go super Saiyan, where future trunks struggle with it more and in his timeline, Vegeta was not spending any time preparing for androids to arrive, so he would have been weaker than his counterpart in our timeline, who fathered Kid Trunks.
0: Yeah, and to, I believe you said as much last time, Jesse, that, like, the reason why you kind of buy Goten Trunks becoming Super Saiyan so quickly is because uh, Goku and Vegeta were Super Saiyans when they um, copulated with their respective partners. Mm-hmm. We keep going back to this, I don't know why. <laughs> <sighs>
1: Why Goten or either version of Trunks lacks a tail, though, is beyond me.
0: Yeah, I think we. Yeah, I forgot to mention that, but um, that's a, that's a constant uh question among fans that like neither of them have tails. Although, I think I think a, a popular theory is that like they probably got cut off before you know they got too much older because if you notice, Gohan's tail eventually stopped growing after like the Saiyan saga. But um, yeah, they never seem to have a tail. They'll never have to worry about you know turning to giant apes.
1: Okay, uh, he lists some questions now. For the panel of two.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: One. Don, what is your favorite DBZ game and why?
0: Well, I, I think I like Dragon Ball Budokai Tank IT uh, because I, I, the gameplay is really slick. And you have, like, that, that game has, like, so many characters. Like, I'm pretty sure it has, like, maybe if a kind of, uh, performs like, maybe 100 characters or, or close to that. It's definitely over 50. Um, although I, really li- I also really like up there Dragon Ball Budokai 3. Because the graphics are awesome, and the music's really good, too. I'm pretty sure I've used some of the music here. Um, And I like the original Japanese PlayStation games. Um, Dragon Ball Z Ultimate 22 was the first DVD game I ever played, which kind of found that at a game store, saved up money, and bought it. And Dragon Ball Z Legends uh, is a a similar game, which that's, like, one of the few games where you can actually have, like, a a, uh, three-on-one fight. Like when you're having a, it's a weird game, but like where you have like a fight against Nappa, you can actually have Piccolo, Gohan, and Krillin all attack at once, and like you play as one of the characters, and the other characters are like automatic, so it's it's like it's like you're fighting with the AI against Nappa. It's actually pretty cool, um, and uh, Dragon Ball Final Bout, which was the most popular of the original Japanese games. It's not really great, but uh, it, it's kind of fun for nostalgia purposes, but I wouldn't really recommend it for a uh, fighting. The, the original games were really, really weird uh, in um in, um in in the gameplay, and like when they kind of came to America and did the whole Budokai series, they got a lot more streamlined, I think.
1: Well, you kind of answered his second question. Are there any DBZ games you don't like? He says, personally, I hated Legacy of Goku.
0: <laughs> Legacy of Goku is sort of like a Zelda-style RPG, which my brother had, and I've I played some of that. It's actually very odd, but it, it's, I don't think it's... I can see why people might hate it. Um, I actually didn't like the first Budokai Tenkaichi game because I, I thought that after the Budokai games, uh, they kind of just like I, the format was I thought was really weird. But um, I really liked Budokai Tenkaichi two and three, but I, I didn't care for the first one. Um, there's one game called I think it's called Dragon Ball Z Sagas, which sucks. It's it's like it's like a platformer. It's like a when I like a platformer game, it's like not in a good way, and it's really really weird. Um, I know there's a game called Super Dragon Ball Z where, where Chi-Chi's a playable character. Like, like, like a teenage tournament level Chi-Chi. I've not played that, though. It was kind of odd. But, um, Dragon Ball Z sagas look terrible. Um, so, I, I but I, I've not played that, so, so I can't really say with any authority.
1: So avoid Dragon Ball Z sagas. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Uh, three. Jesse, what are your thoughts on the different voice actors in the Boo saga compared to Kai? E.g. boma Um... So far, none have really stood out to me as any worse, uh, and none have really stood out better. Uh, Krillin sounded different, I'll give him that, but they've all grown on me, and I can accept them all as the characters they are. So.
0: It's actually good, like, uh, by this point in the Funimation dub at the end, the Boo Saga, uh, the majority of the actors are, are the same. I mean, uh, Krillin probably sounds different because of his performance, but it is still Sunny Straight doing the voice. He is the same guy from Kai. Um, Boma sounds different, uh, most, most of the incidental characters like, um, uh, Ox King or whatever, or Dr. Brief sound different, but the main characters are pretty rich, I mean, like, uh, I think the biggest, the biggest impact for me is Android 18, because I actually, I really do prefer her original voice actress in this Funimation dub than, than, um, um, the, uh, I forgot her, the actress's name, and from Kai. And I, suppose, I guess a lot of people think that her Kai voice is more akin to her Japanese voice actress, but I don't know. I kind of like the more mature-sounding version here. Um, but then again, this is your question, so why am I answering
1: it? <laughs> I agree. I do, I do like 18 better.
0: Excellent. There you go.
1: <clears throat> Which iteration of Gohan do you guys prefer? The adult teenage version in the boo saga thus far, or the future Gohan from Trunks' Timeline? Um, what do you say, Jesse? <clears throat> I I want to say the one we've seen thus far in this current time of the correct timeline, mm-hmm. but that's because we've seen more of him That doesn't like say anything bad about the Gohan that sacrificed himself, because right. that was a very awesome character, and I think given more time, I, I would have liked to see more of that character. But just just based on what we've seen so far, and just. The amount of time he spent with Gohan as an adult, I, I kind of go with him.
0: I think it's way easier to to uh, get to get into this, the main series Gohan because Future Gohan was really awesome, but he was so far moved from um, Gohan at the time who was a kid, and really Gohan as he's gotten older, that like he feels he doesn't feel like Gohan to me. He feels like a very different character. I mean, there are there are aspects of. of the Gohan we like, and I'm not saying, like, you know, because he doesn't feel like Gohan, he's a bad character, but, like, in terms of, of preference of Gohan, I like, Go- I like the teenager version, because he's, I can see Gohan as a kid from the Saiyan, Frieza, and Android sagas becoming this character, I and mean, we've, we've said as much before, that, like, he feels like the same character, even though he is different, he's, he's a lot more nerdy, um, and I, I know a lot of fans complain about that, but a lot of times here, when he's, like, you know, trying to lie to Videl, and the busy fighters aren't. I kind of like the idea that that, that Gohan is uh, kind of playing both sides, and um, I don't know. I, I, I kind of I, 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 I enjoy his character more than uh, the future uh, the future Trunks timeline Gohan. Although the future Trunks timeline Gohan is a lot of a lot of fun, he just sort of feels like that um, older mentor character that like you know must die in the story. He he kind of serves as a character. He's more of a character trope than a character to me. Whereas this Gohan, because of his past, feels more like a uh, fully fleshed out character.
1: I can agree with that. Have you guys heard about Dragon Ball SD? No.
0: Um, SD is a uh, basically a spin off manga. Th- that's pretty much the Untold Tales uh, side that's recently come out. Although, from what I gather, the Untold Tales are pretty much just—they're basically thing manga versus a filler. Like you know, oh, here's what Goku and Go- uh, Goku and Krillin did when they trained with Master Roshi that you didn't see. Kind of inconsequential stories that are kind of fun to read, but are not really all that life-changing, and I believe the person who does that is the person that, that did that episode of Bardock, which betrayed us all with its recon. but, um, um, i am not re- I've read some of it, I've not read a lot, but, um, it's, it's, it's decent from what I've read, I mean, the art style is pretty much the same, so it's, it's okay.
1: Is it, uh, considered canon? Um...
0: It's one of those take or leave it things where, like, by and large, it doesn't really affect canon one way or another. So, it's sort of like if you prefer it to be so or not. I don't really because it is. I I, I have grown to be like you know, unless Toriyama does it or says it, it's not really canon. But it isn't. It isn't doing any harm to consider um, to consider uh, it to be canon. Appar- I'm looking at I'm looking at the wiki page right now. Apparently, there are small retcons. Holy crap! Apparently. Apparently, um they recon the fact that Cell threw up both eighteen and seventeen during the Cell games. Huh. That's yeah, if it recons that's that kind of stuff that I don't really consider canon, but um I, I I need to read more about it.
1: Here's a here's a thought that just popped in my head. Do you think that Dragon Ball will ever will last as long as, say, the stuff like Stan Lee created? Because right now, like Toriyama is held in that regard where what he says is word, but, obviously, like, Stan Lee's creations have been so, are so old that others have had to step in and do, others stepped in and create, like, curated to the continuity. Do you think Dragon Ball will be able to kind of become larger than Toriyama himself?
0: That is a very interesting question, especially considering the fact that the the overwhelming majority of the works have been done by Toriyama, I mean, anime, not Sandy. Um, like, uh, like, the major iterations of Dragon Ball Z that, that are popular that have not been done by Toriyama are, like, the movie characters. Like, you know, for instance, Gogeta uh, is a character that isn't in the manga, but, you know, he's been in games and stuff because he's a popular movie character. Um, Brawly is, is a popular example. Um, I think most of it depends on the audience, but the audience tends to kind of knows they, – they recognize the discrepancies between the manga and the anime form. Um, that's a good question. I think that, like, if it it proves popular enough, because, well, then again, uh, episode of Bardock was from a manga format that wasn't done by Toriyama, but then again, it was adapted in an anime movie. So, I think that's starting to happen, actually. Um, uh, Goku and his friends return was, uh, part of the DBZ, or Dragon Ball SD, sort of, like, format, where it started out as a comic, and then adapted into an anime movie, but that wasn't done by Toriyama either. So, like... I suppose we're starting to see that where it is sort of t- 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 beginning to outshine its original creator because, it, like again, with um, characters like Superman or the Star Wars universe, there are embellishes from uh, other people that make it into the mainstream uh, fan community. So I suppose that's already beginning to happen, I guess.
1: Now, like on the whole, it seems like stuff that's not created by Toriyama is kind of shunned or looked at in a worse light. Do you think that'll ever change, or do you think that would ha- that happened with everything? Like, you know, somebody picks up writing Superman after the creators, and people are like, "Well, this doesn't count because it's not, you know, Shuster and sequel."
0: I think that really does depend on the fan base because there are. I mean, I don't want to come off as a fan who says like if Toriyama didn't do it, it automatically sucks. I'm not really like that, but I am. I am the guy that says if Toriyama didn't do it, it doesn't really count as continuity, and that's because as I grew up in DBC fandom there was so much that wasn't there before. Now we have a lot more things like Episode of Bardock, like Goku and his friends return, like Dragon Ball SD, where more creators are sort of embellishing to where a new fan community has kind of come in and recognized those as, you know, canon. Um, so I guess it's like, I guess it, I guess, I think it really does depend on the fan. And I guess because there's a new generation of Dragon Ball fans now that uh, it doesn't really matter whether fans... Some fans consider it uh, Toriyama or bust because a lot more fans are seeing these other stuff as, you know, part of the series, I guess.
1: Do you think that it's like in your in your uh, opinion that it would be that the stuff that's not by Toriyama just hasn't been of the same quality?
0: Um I didn't like Episode of Bar because the retcon really made my head hurt. But I like his Friends Return. You know, and like and, and again, like the movies Except for the except for the character design, Toriyama doesn't really work with the movie stories, as far as I'm aware. Maybe once or twice, but like, the majority of the movies he has no involvement with. And we've liked the movies for the most part, I think. So, it all depends on whether it's entertaining or not. Um I, I think that like, oh well, then again, I mean, Toriyama in his own series, it's not like everything he does is gold. <laughs> so, it, it, I think, I think, uh, it does depend on what the material consists of. Uh, I I really do think it it does kind of go in line with the whole Stan Lee thing, where, you know, like, Jerry Conway wrote a a lot of Spider-Man stuff that's seen as canon to the main character's history now, uh, like, you know, Green Goblin, killing Stacey, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, So it's sort of like whatever people embellish in the series, as long as it's seen as a, uh, you know, wholly accepted iteration, which which, uh, pluses the material, it doesn't subtract from it. Or, was, or was at least at the very least, entertaining, and it's, and it's, and it's all good.
1: Also, I mean, uh, Dragon Ball Z ended in what mid nineties, right?
0: Ninety six, yeah.
1: 96, so okay, so mid mid nineties. So we have a generation now that's growing up that is only getting Dragon Ball. Well, to this point, anyway, is only getting Dragon Ball as something that's already completed.
0: Well, absolutely. I mean, like uh, right when it ended, it's when it came into or it was first. Really got popular in America. I mean, um, Tsunami ended. Hold on a sec. Sorry, scratching my hair. <laughs> Tsunami ended uh, Dragon Ball Z's dub, or like you know, they aired the the entire series in 2003, and then they aired Dragon Ball GT. And then that's around the time that I kind of fell out with it because Dragon Ball Z was over and I wasn't really into GT. And that was seven years after the series originally ended. So like, it's sort of there's sort of a butterfly effect where like, um, you know, Kai. Kai temporarily ended, and, you know, uh, that was dubbed over here and shown on Nickelodeon for some reason. <laughs> so there are different um, fans that get into the series, well, after it's ended. It's, I don't know, it's, it's kind of like, um, I'm trying to think of something that, like, is, is popular with a lot of people years after the fact, after, after I suppose, I guess, Star Wars, because there, there are a lot of fans of Star Wars that, that, that watch the original movies that get into it, and then they get into, like, the expanded stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean,
1: when I got into it and started reading the books, there, there was no indication that new movies were even coming.
0: Right, right. And, um, like, Doctor Who. I mean, um, I know that, like, there were a lot of Doctor Who fans before 2005, before the modern series came out, where there was no indication that um, it was going to be a thing. Or that, that actually got into the series as sort of a cult show. And then now that there's modern series out there, I'm more of a modern fan than a classics fan. There's a lot more things that for a new generation of people to get into. Um, so there are th- certain things that kind of like, you know, uh, propagate new phantoms or like, or like the, uh, the Marvel movies like with the Avengers and Iron Man, all that kind of stuff. People get into those characters and kind of look, look back into what came before. Now, the majority of Dragon Ball is the stuff that came before, not the new stuff. But the new stuff does bring in new fans, which is great. I'm not really against um, making new stuff um, as long as it's good. Um, I'm not really one of those guys that, like, you know, says, oh, you know, let it die or leave it alone. Um, like if, if Torima ever decided to continue Dragon Ball, I would definitely be interested in it. That's why I was interested in, in Battle of Gods, um, as long as it's good. So, like, I mean, I think that, like, the fandom and the content that they kind of bring out really helped prop- It's I'm surprised that Dragon Ball Z is as popular right now in Japan as it is, because I already thought that, like, after 20 years, it was kind of done, but that's a testament to shows how popular it really was back then. I cannot, I cannot emphasize how insanely popular it was in Japan. I mean, you and I were, were uh, aware of how popular it was in America, but um, even in America, it was sort of seen like you know as, as sort of a kid thing, whereas um, manga and anime in Japan are... They're given a lot less crap. Like, you know, it seems as a much more mainstream thing to kind of get into, although there are nerds and otakus and stuff like that in there. But, like, you would see, like, um, uh, you know, people reading Dragon Ball in the streets or in the trains or, you know, on the way to work or whatever... You know, and like th- there would be fans, and you know, it would have it was it would be as accepted of a thing as let's say Breaking Bad or Mad Men or Game of Thrones, where like you know, everybody who was anybody was into it, except for me because I'm not gonna actually watch those. But, <laughs> but um, no, but uh, <laughs> awesome. But like the stuff now that like you know kind of propagates its uh, fan enthusiasm kind of reminds us or reminds me at least of how it really was huge back then. Um. And, um, it kind of goes to show, like, how whatever comes out that is Dragon Ball related really, uh, is really going to, you know, make some money. I mean, Dragon Ball Battle of Gods made a, a ton of money at the box office, in the Japanese box offices. So, and, like, you know, they're making all these new games and stuff. So, um.
1: Well, Japan does have a history of, of keeping franchise and keeping pop culture things alive. Uh, look at, you know, what we call Power Rangers has been going on for, 30 years.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the whole Sentai thing is huge. Um,
1: Sentai thing. Godzilla's been going on since the 50s. Yeah. They have uh, tons of stuff that just, I think, lasts just as long as, you know, American pop culture with comic books and with movie series.
0: Well, sort of like, I mean, you and I uh, in the 90s had a great, uh, there was a big proliferation of t- cartoons that were out in the 90s, like Animaniacs or Rugrats were huge back then. But they eventually they did end, you know, whether they were canceled or they just ended. Um, and I think, I think anime series are kind of like that, like Yu, Yu Hakusho or Gundam Wing, because, you know, those have not been, uh, brought back up again. Although, I know that, um, Sailor Moon, which was also a huge franchise, I believe that's actually coming back as well, that they're making news. I, I'm not sure if they're remastering the series or, like, rebooting the series, but I know that's, like, uh, coming out with a new iteration, uh, fairly, fairly soon. Um, so it's, it's one of those things where it's like, this isn't just a finite series that, like, you know, uh, is there and gone. It does stand the test of time, and it is as big as any other major pop, col- pop culture franchise out there, like Doctor Who, like comic books, like Star Wars. Uh, Dragon, Ball- Dragon Ball really is that big uh, in the um, anime manga fr- uh, uh, genre, and um, stuff like Dragon Ball's SD or whatever, it's basically like the, uh, the eventual, the inevitable result of its, uh, of its popularity.
1: I agree. <laughs> awesome. so off from that tangent I'm sorry
0: no, I think it was a nice discussion
1: <clears throat> it's been said before that the Boo saga Boo era marks a return to the more comedic style for the series closer to the start of Dragon
0: Ball what are your thoughts on this so far Um, I'm going to throw that mainly at you Jesse because uh, I think this question really does well good job Alex in uh, pertaining to what we've seen so far and as a uh, new viewer to the show and the series I'm gonna kind of throw about you. Like, what what are your thoughts so far on the very laid back, very comedic uh, aspect of the show?
1: I can't speak to it being closer to Dragon Ball itself, but I can just right. say that I've enjoyed it, and it's it's kind of been room for to decompress and kind of sit back and enjoy the characters and take them for face value, because I think uh, so much, so much storytelling of dire situations and. You know, life or death, the world is going to end. Situations like that can can get repetitive if you don't have a break like this. Mm-hmm. So it's very welcome for me, and I'm, I'm enjoying it immensely.
0: Yeah, I think that um, as as much umbrage as I might have with the, the Bruce saga later on, right now, I and I've said before, I really enjoy this this beginning era because I think what also helps is the fact that a lot of it's so character driven. It's really, it's not just like, you know, goofy Master Roshi Gags. Like, the characters are kind of being explored, and um, it's very, very grounded while still being Dragon Ball. And that part I, I really enjoy. I mean, even like this fight with, between Ghost and the Trunks, it's not really all that serious. It's a good fight, I think. But it's not like, you know, who's going to die, <laughs> which, is, which, is, which is nice. <clears throat> uh,
1: that's all for now. I look forward to getting to the tournament proper next episode. Regards, Alex.
0: Thank you very much, Alex. That was, a, uh, that was a very nice email.
1: Our next email is from Jordan. Hey, guys, have you played Battle of Z yet? Nope. Nope. Uh, he says, I really enjoyed it so far. It may actually be the best game for the Vita. It's the exact same one for the PS3. Okay, so it is available for PS3. and okay, PS. Actually, I- I'm considering getting a PS Vita. It's pretty cool. It has a lot of great games for it. I
0: was actually about to ask. Like, I-, I have not at all played... The Vita is that—that's essentially like like the the um successor to the um, uh PSP, right?
1: Yep. Okay. Yeah, it's got a dual touch, well, a touchscreen and a touch panel on the back. You can download all PS One and PS Two games on it. Oh, really? Cool. And uh, you can also use it as a controller for the PS Four. Oh, oh, that's. And uh, I think you can if you have a PS Four, you can stream PS Four games to it.
0: Wow, that's that's really cool. <laughs> Actually, I am so out of the gaming uh world. I mean, I was really in it when I was in high school, but like, once I went to school, not that I fell out of it, but like I was just too busy so like I'm really behind on everything. So, but that 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 sounds cool to me.
1: <laughs> yeah, they uh they recently dropped the price of it and are coming out with a cheaper model. I think the only thing that hurts it is that the memory cards are vastly overpriced for it. And uh there's not that many games for it out that are like easily identifiable
0: how much are the memory cards
1: i think an 8 gig is like 30 bucks
0: oh really
1: they're like a proprietary you have to use sony's version of course
0: back in my day (laughs) i remember ps1 memory cards were like 10 bucks all right uh well that's i found
1: my ps1 recently and i have everything but a memory card so I was my, very
0: sad. My brother, like, uh, he, um, I think he sold our old one, which was not working and bought a new one. And he's been, like, mad into, like, uh, like, just, like, RPGs and stuff. He actually popped in DBC Legends, but um, the PlayStation, it was, it, was a, it was a great console. I know it's, it's ancient now, but, like, it was, it was a lot of fun. 94 is when
1: it came out. Oh, oh, my God. He continues, and second, I'm so ready for the tournament to begin. I can't wait to see who we fight along with y'all. Keep up the good work. Thank you,
0: Jordan. Thank you very much, Jordan. And the last one one we shall read today is from a guy called G, but he signs it, George. Hey, guys. Been listening
1: to the podcast since the beginning, and I've loved every episode. To Don. Thank you. Well, thank you, George. Or G. To Don, I was sad to learn that you are no longer on the Spider-Man Crawl Space podcast was one of my favorite podcasts. George, just wondering, was it Dan Slott's writing the Superior Spider-Man story, or just the workload that did it for you? Yes. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Please keep up the episodes. Please keep the episodes coming, fellas. I kind of fell off watching the show during the Boo Saga, so it would be cool to make it up all the way through with your help. Thanks, George.
0: Well, that's what we're here for. If you don't want to watch um, what is literally an almost 100-episode saga then um, just listen to our show. Because, like, we started the boost I got from episode 200, and the final episode of Dragon Ball Z is 292. So uh, we have a long way to go. <laughs> but uh thank you very much for that, George. Um, and um, as I said before, I'll read the, the rest of the emails in the editing room. Uh, before we get into the episodes, we shall have a uh, obligatory uh, commercial break. And we,
2: when we get back, we shall get into the junior division of the World Martial Arts Tournament. Woo! Hey there, folks. My name's Ian Levenstein, host of the Comic Timing Podcast over at speakgeekspeak.com slash comic timing. Comic Timing is a roundtable discussion podcast with a rotating panel of guests. So rather than me talking through this entire promo, here's some random snippets from the show with as many people as I can possibly find on my hard drive that have been on this show. And I don't even want to count how many that is. Mr. Cole, I'll I'll grab you.
1: But aren't they all? <laughs> what if you wear the other
2: You have won a brand new uh, Skype.
1: Yay. Yeah, you, me, and a brick. The right. next time we're in New York. I was gonna say that in one year, this recording is gonna end up in some court report. You know, <laughs> I got
2: that. I've, I've actually been on other people's podcasts more than I've actually done my own in the year 2007. Well, I, 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 I know that feeling. Her name is X23. I mean, she's got well, her life is X23. It's very good. This is not written by Daniel Way. <laughs> this is Batman.
0: Yes, I love Puck. You just can't put a cow on the logo.
2: Exactly. <laughs> Interested in finding out how these things actually play into the context of the show? Well, go ahead and listen to it. It's over at com slash comic timing. You can find us on iTunes, and we are all over the place on all your podcast aggregators, and the works. So go ahead and check out Comic Timing, and remember, as always, there's always time for comics. Pretty impressive.
1: Somehow you've managed to get a lot stronger than the last time we fought.
2: <laughs> Gee, thanks, Trunks. I owe it all to Gohan, though. He's the one that's been training me all this time. Well, he did good, but not good enough. Try this. Huh? Oh, no, no! This place is way too crowded to be firing energy blasts. He could really hurt someone. We can't let him do it! Uh, it'll be okay. Huh? Just look at him. The kid's in complete control.
0: no, it looked like some kind of rocket. But is it rocket fire against the rules? Oh yes, most definitely. And we are back. I hope you enjoyed that promo, but now it's time to get into Dragon Ball Z. When we last left off, Vegeta destroyed the punching machine, which was the qualifying uh, indicator for the, the members of the tournament. So... Gohan and Videl are kind of stuck because they, they haven't gone up to it yet, and they're kind of basically waiting in line while Vegeta and the other Z-Fighters are, you know, basically walking away <laughs> with, with improbable and arrogant swagger that Videl really doesn't like. She's like, oh, look at them. They're coming right this way. Ugh. And then <laughs> Goku's like, hey, man, we'll see you later. Oh, who is this? Is this your friend? And then um, Kronin's like, ooh, Gohan, she's kind of cute. So Videl turns to Gohan's like, wait, you know them? Yeah, yeah. That was my dad. I told you he'd be, here. he'd be here. But I thought he was dead. He is. Didn't you see the halo over his head? Over head? So she's kinda of No, no,
1: she says I thought she was he was with another woman.
0: Oh right, right. I got, I got the I got the versions mixed up. And he's like he's like Yeah, no, he was he was away in the other world. And then she's just like horrified at the idea that <laughs> she's not like the announcer guy who just kinda of rolls with it. She's just kind of yeah, he's used to it. So um After the entrance, uh, after the, uh, introductory sequence of the junior division is brought forth by Mr. Satan, who basically makes a fool of himself but recovers. Um, before the tournament begins, we get a brief, uh, recording documentary, docudrama of the climactic battle of the Cell Games. (laughs) Where, um, actors in horrible costumes. In fact, you know, Jesse Yeah, exactly hundred percent accurate, exactly. Jesse, why don't you uh briefly tell us what went down in the stocky drama? So Cell defeats all the Z
1: Fighters. These all like a weird mix of actors with giant puppet heads <laughs> all the Z Fighters who who quickly say how weak they are. Right. And then this is how you know it's fake. Mr. Satan destroys Cell. Easily. Uh, easily. I, there, you know, that
0: happened. Yeah, there was there was no like, you know, first round where he got knocked out. There was none of his other sidekicks, which I'm pretty thankful for. And um, <laughs> We should probably get into that later. But um uh, everyone is and even Mr. Satan's actually kind of embarrassed by this. He thinks, oh, they got my face wrong. The Z Fighters are all disgusted. Well the Goku's kinda of rolling with it. He's like, Oh well, you know, it was it was entertaining at least. But now the junior division is about to begin starts to go to our talking, saying, like, oh, what are you going to do with the prize money, or what are you going to do with the prize money, when um, this really nasty looking kid with a horrible mullet, straight from the 90s, uh, picks him out, it's like, oh, he's the one I'm going to take down, he's the shrimp I'm going to defeat, ha, ha, ha. Um, as the junior division begins, we see a bunch of, we see the tournament has really, really changed, because gone are the ambitious young fighters of yesteryear. Some of these kids are just really big crybabies with, you know, these big boxing gloves. And some of the kids just basically, you know, run away crying or just give up crying or, you know, call call foul and knock each other out. It's actually kind of pathetic. But finally, uh, the round uh, that has chunks is, is up. It's Trunks versus this kid whose name is Ikosa, the one of the yellow mullets. And um, as a matter of fact, his mother is in attendance who's sitting right next to uh, the Z-Fighters' families, including Wilma. Boma is uh, really annoyed because his mother is very obnoxious. Says, oh, this little shrimp won't, won't dare be matched for my little boy. Oh, destroy him, son. And so Boma says, go, Trunks, you d- knock him out. So there's a bit of a rivalry. And um, the entire time, Trunks is very, very calm, cool, and collected, and actually very uh, very sure of himself. It's like, oh, you're not going to take more than a second. You know, you talk way too much. And he knocks the kid out immediately. The mother is horrified, and uh, uh, <laughs> Boma shows off. Um, as, as the rounds, you know, go on, it's eventually Goten's turn, and the tournament announcer, uh, makes the obvious deduction that Goten is actually Goku's son, because he has a brief flashback towards, uh, when Goku first participated in the World's Martial Arts Tournament, which is kind of cool. Um, Goten is matched up against, uh, Ikosa's brother, Idosa, what a coincidence, and, um, the mother says, oh, knock this shrimp out, son, you know, succeed where your brother failed, and Bulma's rooting for Goten. Goten, uh, Goten really can't tell who is weak and who is strong, so he's like, oh, come on, be serious, because the the kid's throwing all these different punches at him. And eventually, Goten just knocks the kid out. So, uh, that's the end of that match. Goten wins by knockout. Uh, Boma's making fun of the obnoxious mother. The obnoxious mother says, I'm going to kill you, but she's eventually knocked out by Chi-Chi, of all people. So, at the end of the, the junior division... Goten and Chunks make their way up the ranks and are pitted against each other in the final round. Uh, Chi-Chi and Bulma are excited, and as well as Goku and Vegeta. Because we should say that Goku, Vegeta, 18, Krillin, Piccolo are all watching in attendance at, at the sidelines. Gohan and Videl at this point are still kind of stuck in line of the punching machine. Uh, what of Mr. Satan's, uh, uh, I guess suppose, attempt... Uh, Assistance, said that you probably should watch this fight because there's going to be an exhibition around between you and the winner of the junior division. So he's like, okay, I suppose. So he sees, uh, he takes one look at Goten and says, I recognize that kid from somewhere, but I can't place on exactly where that was. And um, as one might expect, Goten and Trunks pull on one heck of a show. They, they they fight really, really, their fighting style is really, really hand-to-hand, really, really up close, really, really fast. And they eventually take the fight in the air and battle, you know, basically floating and have a mid-air fight. The sea fighters are all thrilled by this fight, but the spectators are all really, really freaked out. They're like, those kids are floating. What, What is going on? And at one point, um, Charles and Gochin just, like, you know, he's each at the exact same time, basically knocking each other to the ground. And they, they're really, really excited because they're saying They're really, really excited by, by the process to fight each other. At that point, uh, Gohan and Mabel run in attendance, and they, they've been watching the last half of the fight. And Badell is horrified. <laughs> She's like, "Gohan, did you hold out on, on me?" They're, they're fighting. They're fighting way, way too uh, too fast pace. This this is outrageous. I cannot believe what I'm seeing. And Gohan's like, "No, no, I, I swear I, I didn't hold back from you." Uh, at the halfway point of the fight, uh, Trunks decides to sh- shoot an energy blast at Goten. Uh, Krillin's a bit scared, but Goku says, no, no, uh, at the looks of his skill, he's, he knows how to control it, to where it won't hit any of the spectators. Goten dodges that, and says he's going to fire his own energy blast at Trunks, uh, what he calls the Kame Kame Trunks, uh, makes sure he's telling you know, you're pronouncing it wrong, and, um, Goten doesn't really know how to aim it, so Trunks easily dodges it, and it takes off half of the roof of the, um, tournament, the tournament house. So the fight continues. Trunks says he's about to end it. And um, the fight eventually gets up into the air where Trunks has Goten in a bit of a stranglehold. A bit of like a half Nelson or full Nelson or whatever where he kind of has his arms behind his back. And Goten legitimately cannot power his way out of the hold. And Trunks like, give up. I don't want to hurt you. Give up. Say you give up right now. Um, but eventually, Goten resolves to turn Super Saiyan, uh, breaking breaking his uh, Trunks's hold, and flies all the way down to the ground. Goku's freaked out and says, wow, Goku's become a Super Saiyan? That's incredible. And again, Vatel is like, what am I seeing? <laughs> Her eyes are literally bugged out. And by this point, Mr. Satan, who's just been in awe of the fight, says, oh no, it's them. It's them again from the Cell Games. So uh because Goten obviously was just like Goku when he was a Super Saiyan. Uh, Trunks says, you know, we, we, we promised not to go Super Saiyan, so you cheated. So Goten's like, all right, I won't do that again. And uh, Trunks says, all right, I'm going to finish you, and this time I'm going to beat you with just one hand. I won't use my left arm at all. So they fight a little bit. And um, just like the Goku and Frieza fight, Goten tends to basically out-muscle Trunks and kind of beats him up. Then he, he then flies all the way into the air and basically does a kamikaze drop all the way from the sky. And um, Trunks feels that he can kind of take him on where, uh, however uh, Goten attacks him. But Goten kind of hits the ground and blasts it so he can use the momentum of the blast to basically shoot right into Trunks' face. Trunks is completely caught off guard at this point, so he turns Super Saiyan himself and blasts Goten from behind with his left arm. Goten's not really hurt, but he's kind of shot into the the audience uh, crowd and eventually touches the outside of the ring. And with that, he's out of bounds, and Trunks is the winner. Uh, Goten's like, you suck, Trunks. You promised not to use your left arm or go Super Saiyan. You cheated, man. But Trunks is like, oh, come on, you know, I was just getting you back from that one time. And hey, if you're sore about this, I'll give you three of my toys. So, uh, that satisfies Goten. And, um, the exhibition round between the winner of the Junior Division and Mr. Satan is held immediately after that. Mr. Satan is crapping himself because he's... (laughs) He's obviously afraid because of uh, what he just saw. He knows that, like, um, unbeknownst to the crowd, chunks will kill him, especially if he's trying hard. So by this point, the Z-, the Z Fighters are all like, "Eh, let's go get some food. Let's get something to eat." Vegeta is, um, "Hey, wait a minute! Don't you want to see my my dad fight this kid? Aren't you excited to see that?" And um, Goku and the others are like, "No, not really." And even though Gohan's, like, trying to pretend, oh, yeah, this is going to be an exciting match, the others can't really feign any interest, so they kind of walk away. So Videl is really confused as to who the heck these people are. Once the exhibition round starts, uh, Mr. Satan really tries to cra- bullcrap his way out of fighting fighting Trunks. He tries to fake his uh, a knee injury, but he eventually, you know, takes that back because they're about to bring the doctors out. And um, the entire time, Trunks is like, is he really strong or is he just a fool? He's really, really weak. Um, Mr. Seton eventually resolves to go to Trunks and says, hey, you know, when this round begins, uh, we're not supposed to really take it seriously. So all fighters start, uh, you know, very playfully uh, tap each other's cheek. Like so. kind of, you know, nudges Chunks' cheek. So um, he says, okay, now, kid, do it lightly. This is what the champions all do. So, uh, Chunks, you know, resolves to tap Mr. Satan's cheek very, very lightly, and this very, very light punch sends Mr. Satan all the way out of bounds into the outer wall, where he's like, you know, very, very, you know, Bugs Bunny style forms a crater into the wall, and is knocked unconscious. But is absolutely horrified at the prospect of her father just being knocked out by a little kid, and Gohan's like, Gohan's like, Chunks, you idiot! Um... But to save face, Mr. Satan feigns, uh you know, saying, oh, I, I lost on purpose. You know, I, I couldn't fight a kid. And everyone thinks, oh, Mr. Satan, he's such a terrible man. What a nice guy, our champion. And Trunks is just completely confused. Uh, Mr. Satan goes back to his, you know, his... Uh, Trunks like, is like, I don't know if he's
1: really, really weak or extremely strong. <laughs>
0: and he's, he's completely like, I don't know what the heck just happened. Um, Mr. Satan, you know, he... he uh pulls a face and you know, of course, you know, I can't fight a little kid and he basically walks to his private quarters. And then he falls on the ground saying, I've never felt so much pain in my life. <laughs> so um that's essentially the end of the junior division. Uh when we catch up to the main Z fighters, they're all walk they're all walking to the uh main hall for where the fighters can get some food. Uh they all give each other's names, you know, Krillin eighteen, uh Goku, Vegeta and Piccolo goes under the guise as Ma Jr. because he doesn't want anybody to know that Piccolo was back terrorizing the, the tournament just like last time. So uh, they're they're basically you know having a pre-fight uh, feast, which I don't think athletes should do, but then again they are saying so they have an endless supply of you know stomach space. So Gohan, Vegeta, and or Goku and Vegeta all stuff themselves, and Gohan and Videl are. Eventually catch up to them, and so all the Saiyans eat. while well, Bardel, Piccolo, and Eighteen basically just stare stare at all the Saiyans, stuff themselves, and Krillin. Yeah, Krillin. Krillin's like, you know, wow, you Saiyans, there are bottomless pits. Badell's like, what's the saying? And then Krillin's, Gohan's like, Krillin, how many times I have I tell you, shut up? <laughs> which, which I like. Yeah,
1: Krillin is just ruining it for Gohan today.
0: I know he, he's really not working working in anything. Um. So, uh they eventually... Is this the first time we've seen Vegeta, like...
1: Yeah, I was wondering if the ferocious appetite Goku had was unique to him, or if it was all Saiyans. And judging by Vegeta, it's apparently all Saiyans can eat.
0: Yeah, I think that, I think that's true. I mean, remember, uh, we saw Gohan and Goku eat a few times, so... I think it's, it's just an Saiyan thing, that they're really hungry. As opposed to, like, you know... Uh, Piccolo, who, from what I gather, doesn't need to eat, he needs water, and Android18, who may not have to eat because she's an Android, and Krillin, who's just, you know, Krillin. <laughs> who cares? <laughs> and there was that comment where, uh, Krillin says, Boy, you saying sure like to eat? And <laughs> Madeleine goes, What's it saying? And, uh, Krillin's like, or uh, Gohan's like, Krillin, how many times must I tell you shut up? <laughs> I'm not gonna say it again.
1: Yeah, he, he's just making life hell for Gohan today.
0: I love that Corilla's ruining his, his friend's life. So um after that abhorrent feast, they uh make their way to the main arena where names will be drawn and um this is the point where they run into two strange beings. Um there is a uh a tall man who's with pink skin and pointy ears and in, in very, very royal looking uh garb with white with white long hair. And, um, a shorter man with a, uh, purple tone to his, a light purple tone to his skin, and a very white, spiky mohawk. Oh, uh, two with, again, he has pointy ears as well. And, um, two earrings on his ears, and we should note the earrings, so that they'll come up later on. Um, his, 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 his wardrobe looks kind of, I, I want to say, like, it looks a bit Indian, but, you know, I don't want to make that claim, because I don't really know. But it's a very specific type of clothing. And, um, it should also be you know that he is floating on the gro- over the ground. He's not really, walking. He's kind of like, you know, an inch off the ground. So, um, all the Z fighters stop at this because this is obviously very, very weird. Uh, uh, Fidel says she feels that these guys are kind of strange. And, um, he says, "Ha, ah, you must be Son Goku. I've traveled a long way to, to meet with you. I hope we meet each other in a match. Not that I didn't win, of course, but, uh, I really like to fight you, Goku. Th- this tournament should be proved to be very, very interesting. And, um, Goku's like, oh, okay. And they, they kind of shake hands. And um, Goku stops and kind of just stares at this guy's hand. And the guy just, like, smiles very, very eerily. He's very, very pleased with meeting Goku. So he says, all right, see you guys later. And um, Goku's like, wait, I didn't catch your name. And uh, the, the two just kind of walk off. And um, Piccolo says, Piccolo, who's, who's not talked at all this episode, says, something's very off with these, with these characters. I can tell they're very, very strong. And Goku's like, yeah, they are. They're a lot stronger than they look. Well, then again, you know, we are here to fight strong guys, so why are we complaining? But uh, the others are kind of unnerved by this. Everybody just stopped silent and just kind of looked at them. And um, <laughs> I'll say it right now. This is basically where the plot comes in. So uh, while there's no sense of danger just yet, it is a very, very eerie way to end these set of episodes. The Junior Division is over with, and we are about to get into the adult vision of the World Martial Arts Tournament. <music> So, Jesse, uh, Trunks vs. Goten, these two creepy guys, uh, saves eating, just, uh, carte blanche, what are your thoughts?
1: Krillin was a douche his entire <laughs> <laughs> Sweet. Awesome. Look, Goku offers to take him to the other world, which I don't know if that means, hey, I'm gonna kill you or not, but he's like, <laughs> no, I'm living the life now. I've got a wife. Right, babe? I'm like, oh, this is how you huge life. Like, a wife is the pinnacle that he has tried for,
0: and he has it now. He doesn't shut up about her, does he? <laughs> it's, it's, it's somewhat adorable to see, but it is, he has been consistently bragging, not bragging, but like, you know, bragging about his new life. And AT, I think at he's AT like, you know, a goon, <laughs> which he is, absolutely.
1: On one hand, yeah, it's, it's great to see Corlin actually getting, uh, or being happy, not getting, well, he's, <laughs> but, I mean, yeah being happy and you know just like enjoying his life and not gripping about women troubles right someone who does have women troubles Master Roshi has a uh, a creeping scene as usual here
0: which one was the Roshi scene I forget that
1: which I found hilarious oh, he's sitting behind Boma and Chi as they're feuding as they're uh, being jealous over each other's sons right who is I think it's Is like oh yeah I'm winning, and then you just see him staring at her ass.
0: Me, too.
1: <laughs> oh, that's right, that's
0: right, that's right.
1: Oh, Roshi. I did like the theme between both of them. Uh, basically, two proud moms not wanting to see their sons lose, and poor Oolong's stuck
0: in the middle. Yeah, for some reason, like, like when, when the Chonk's fight was getting really heated up, they started, like, grabbing Oolong and just punching him <laughs> for no reason. No reason! Punching him, like, pulling on
1: <laughs> Like, he, he didn't do anything. <laughs> yeah, he, I don't think he
0: had any lines these entire episodes besides like,
1: oh, ow.
0: Yeah, poor guy. I mean, he's just there rooting his friends on and like um, – I'm looking at the image right now. Like, she, She's holding his ears and just punching his cheek. And he's <laughs> The poor fool. This, this is for all of his movie appearances. Like, This is what he gets in the series.
1: Yeah, he's a main character in the
0: movies, not so much in the show. He's literally a punching bag. Um, I, 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 like, I like the, 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 uh, uh, appearances by Chi Chi and Boma in these episodes, because I like the fact that we saw Boma really, really into the fights, and Chi Chi didn't really say much until the end, when she knocked out that one mom, I thought that was kind of cool, it was, it was a nice role reversal, because usually Chi Chi's the most excited one, and Boma is co- sort of the calmer one, so that's kind of cool. Yeah, I love her lines, like, who do you think taught him? Yeah, no, that, that was nice, that was a nice bit, um, I think, personally for me, I'm, tell me how you feel about this. I thought that the first episode and a half really, really dragged. I, I know that the point of the, of the uh, hey, androids, the tournament is that, like, it's actually really kind of pathetic and boring until the Z-Fighters fight, and I, I think they kind of sold that a bit too well, because I was actually kind of really marking time until Trunks and Goten fought, which was awesome. Uh, what did you feel about that?
1: Yeah, I felt the same way. It was like, I think they, they over-illustrated the point. Yes, it's like how many whiny kids punching do, do you need to see? Like, I, I get it at this point. I just want to see like the main attraction. Yeah, it was, yeah. I, I guess it was their intent, but it was a little overboard with it. I
0: guys, I think I think there was a point that they went out to sell, and they sold the point. But like you know, it's one of those things where like when the characters say it's boring, that doesn't actually make this make it fun to watch. It's, it's still boring. Yeah. So, uh, but.
1: Gohan, uh, Go, when Goten and Trump's do fight, it was awesome.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. It was a great fight.
1: It's like, this is the closest we've gotten to a Goku Vegeta
0: fight in a while. And it's really cool because, like, the entire time they're friends, I mean, they're little kids, but, like, you know, it's, it is the spiritual successor of the Goku Vegeta match, where they're very, you're very evenly matched. I mean, it, the fight goes, it could have gone either way the entire time. And, um, I just, I, I do enjoy the fact that, like, Throughout the entire time. They are like rivals, but they're friendly rivals. And I even love the fact that um Goku and Vegeta kinda get into the whole thing. Especially Vegeta. As, as whenever Trunks is winning. It's his only smile the entire episode. I love when uh, Trunks Chunks has Goten in like the uh the stranglehold, Goku's like, Oh no, this doesn't look good and Vegeta's like, Well sure it does if you're rooting for Trunks <laughs> like, he, he laughs evilly behind Goku. <laughs> I thought it was, was awesome, dude. And then, um... When, when Goku didn't break Go Super Saiyan, Vegeta blames Goku. <laughs> that was cool. Oh, man. Yeah, he's like, don't look at me. I, he did it. <laughs> and then when, um, Trunks does when like, uh, Vegeta's like laughing. Ah, there's always next year. Like, <laughs> Vegeta was awesome in these episodes. I thought he was hilarious. He was so... It, I don't. I don't want to say it was out of character, but it was. It was such a new facet to him that we've not seen. It's like the fatherly pride in like the very douchey way. <laughs> it's great fun. It's like it, it's completely in character. It's just unheard of. Yeah, it was. It was just like you know another facet. Um,
1: uh, like if he's gonna be proud of his son, this is how he's gonna be it by rubbing it in Goku's face.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like, like, like was, this is how he's getting back to him. This is what he came there for because he didn't want to be in the tournament in the first place. But like, uh. Seeing, seeing his son especially after when Trunks told him that Goten could go super saiyan, he's like we'll see how strong these are when the tournament comes around so all that training paid off um, uh, anything else about the I mean it's very straightforward the fight is I think it's, it's a good fight and it does harken back to the Dragon Ball days where we did get, get evenly matched fights um, I'm trying to think of uh, certain ways to talk think about it <coughs> I like
1: that the fights over in the very next scene or, or one of the next scenes is them two jumping a fence, like, sneaking away together. Yeah, I like that after the fight, the next scene we see is them interacting as friends, talking about, you know, trading toys and jumping fences try to away from the paparazzi. Like, I like that there's no animosity there. Yeah. So, on, and it's similar to the, you know, we do have a spiritual session fight between Goku and Vegeta. On the other hand, it's also the complete opposite.
2: Yeah, they're
0: friends. They're like, you know, uh, I don't like being famous or whatever. Or, um. Uh, I, I really liked it when Trunks was going up against Mr. Satan. Goten was rooting for him. <laughs> like, you can do it, Trunks! And then Mr. Satan's like, you know, no, we can't! Or whatever. Like, there's zero. Well, then again, like, Trunks did the whole, you know, when Trunks cheated, or, or at least like, went back on his word, uh, Goten was like, you know, oh, you stink, Trunks. And he's like, oh, I want you to have three of my toys. And Goten immediately forgives him. <laughs> Which I like. Oh, that was, so, that was he, he cheated. Well, I mean, like, he, he, didn't, he didn't really cheat, but he like uh he said he wouldn't use his left hand. He said he wouldn't go Super Saiyan, and he did. Which I, I, I'm kind of um I kind of like the way the fight ended because you, you get the impression that Trunks is a bit tougher than Goten, but Goten isn't. He's Goten is a very 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 strong character. So like Trunks couldn't like you know straight up just outpower him. He he kind of had to like outsmart Goten, which he does rather easily. Um, which which I which I think also is is a nice uh continuation of, of the character's of Vegeta and Goku because we, we saw Vegeta be very very cunning and wily in the Frieza saga and Goku's typically portrayed as a simpleton by and large. So it was it was a nice uh, kind of echo of those kind of character traits.
1: Yeah, I do agree that I think he won by technique versus like, straight-up power, because I do believe that Vegeta would train him and would, or Vegeta, Vegeta's training would be more cunning than, you know, Goku or Chi-Chi's in this instance.
0: Yeah, Vegeta, Vegeta's fighting technique, like, uh, I remember Piccolo once described Vegeta as a fighting genius, and I think that, like, uh, Trunks knows what to do in, um, in um, any situation, like, he instinctively became... I, I don't think he decided to, like, you know, just like, go back on his word, but he just decided if he's going to win, he has to go Super Saiyan, he has to do this or whatever, and, like, instinctively did it. Which, which I don't know, I think this is a really good showing of both characters. I think that... Um, I actually really, really liked Trunks in these episodes, because he... Trunks was one of those characters that, like, um, before the series really got into it in America, like, uh, like when they were still kind of airing the Saiyan in Namek sagas, and you would hear a character on the line, and, you know... Someone told me, my cousin told me about the character Trunks, and I laughed because his name was Trunks. Like, I always heard how, how much of a cocky little kid he was, and he, he was really kind of like a balls-out, like, you know, ball of fire kind of kid. And I think that really is on display here. Uh, and we'll see a lot more of it later on, but, like, I, th- I like how he is really um just... I don't know. Like, Goten feels to me more, more like a, a, a real kid, you know, a really, like, nice, easygoing, like, kind of naive little kid. Trunks... Feels like like more of a, a punk, but you know he's still a good kid. But like he feels he has a different personality, and I think that like the personality is is, in, is in, it carries uh, some of the slower parts of the episodes here. I agree.
1: He definitely seems like some raised by Vegeta. I would want to his father's his father's attitude while still learning a lot from his mother.
0: Right. Yeah. He's 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 not like a dick like Vegeta is, but he is like. But, he was, but he's but he's not gonna raise a little angel. <laughs> he, I, I don't know. He's like, he's like the Bart Simpson of, of the DBZ universe, kind of. Just like just in general terms of attitude. And like I liked how as a kid he was confused by Mr. Satan's like you know lies and stuff, but he didn't really take him seriously either. So that, that was kind of cool. I, I, Trunks is a good kid. Which do you think you prefer, Trunks or Goten? At this point, Trunks. Mm-hmm. Just because we do
1: know a little more about him, and we, or we do get to see. You. Or I guess he's more of a unique. Goten still kind of echoes Goku a little too similarly to kind of stand on his own ground at this point.
0: Yeah, Trunks is a bit more of a of – a, he's a bit more dimension to him than uh, Goten does. Plus, there's the whole future type aspect of him kind of adds a bit more towards the overall character, I think. Although they, they work really, really great together. I, I like them. And again, I, I, I just love the idea that, like, the sons of Goku and Vegeta are the best of friends. I think Toriyama really writes that very well. It's very believable, their friendship. Yeah, it's it's not like this this random thing. It works really well. Again, these these, uh, episodes really showcase Toriyama's writing as, like, you know, a character writer, I suppose. I guess Goten is a bit undignified in how he's always trying to, like, you know, keep Videl from learning their secret powers, although, at this point, I'm not sure why he's still trying. (laughs) Although, I know he wants to kind of ease her into it, but um, he plans on beating up Mr. Satan at the tournament, so... He's, he's not the greatest guy, I guess. Um, I I do I do enjoy all the scenes where Videl is bugging out at Goten and Trunks' powers, especially when uh, Goten goes Super Saiyan. Like that look that look on her face honestly made me laugh because <laughs> she's seen you know them fight. She seen like you know, these fantastic things. Goten's hair going gold and spiky makes no sense. She's like, what's going on? And um, I, I do have a bit of an issue with Mister Satan recognizing Goten because I think that, like, he, he, he sees Goten and says, oh, he looks familiar. And he, he's sure that he looks familiar once Goten goes Super Saiyan. That's not really good, but I think he would probably recognize Trunks more so than Goten. Wouldn't you think? Hmm, because he did see future Trunks. Yeah, he saw future Trunks. And he saw future Trunks. Great, he had longer hair, but, like, because, they look exa- because they're, like, the same person, I would imagine that, like, Trunks would look a bit more familiar than Goten. Goten, even though he does look exactly like Goku, he is a different person. Trunks was the same person, essentially. I don't know. is a little thing I have. Well, I assumed
1: he was looking, or he was being getting familiar with Gohan as a youth.
0: Right. You think You think like, he's, he recognized Goten as Gohan rather than Goku?
1: That's, uh. well, I guess it could be either or, because they're, they're all, I imagine, would look similar to each other. But, yeah, it would make more sense for him to recognize Trunks. But then again, she, Gohan or Go was or Go
0: yeah I know
1: with so many Go Goten was wearing the same thing Goku was essentially
0: yeah his uh his, his a variation of his of his outfit which which I, again I like I, I like the whole uh long sleeve look it looks it looks more martial artsy I guess or Goku just looks like random clothes um anything else about the junior division I mean it it was kind of it was very, very light, uh, you know, like, like the fights between, like, you know, those two brothers, um, uh. Redneck brothers? I know, for real, like, and, and their fat mom, which, you know, I don't like rednecks either. Who does? But, uh, Other rednecks. Exactly. <laughs> uh, it was, it was, it was, it was kind of amusing, but, um, I, I like, I like the mother stuff with some of the other fights. Oh, because, you know, the fights were over so quickly.
1: Yeah, I like her getting her, her come up at, by Chi Chi.
0: Did you like the, uh, the the small flashback that uh, uh, the tournament announcer had uh, with Goku when, when he was working as Goten? Yeah, I like
1: I like how he had that and how they kind of had the after image of Goku appearing, you know, kind of superimposed over Goten.
0: Yeah, that was nice because it kind of shows like you know, oh, well, I, I, I guess it just basically all that there is. It shows the difference between the characters because Goku was a bit more stout, but uh, it was a nice callback, I think. Like you know. Like I, 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 I'm not even going to count how many years it would have been. I was like over 20, but uh, it was nice for him to say. You know, not only is this a great fight, but uh, the competitive nature of the family kind of runs through. It was it was a nice thing altogether.
1: When we, yeah, when Goku apparently fought Jackie Chun.
0: Yeah, um, who's roshi in disguise, <laughs> Jackie Chun. Yeah, that was a uh, the very that was the final round of the, of the very first tournament where they like, they legitimately fought to the to the bitter end, and you know Goku got, got knocked out. Oh, wait, that was Master Roshi? Yeah, that was Master Roshi wearing a wig (laughs) because uh, he uh, trained Goku and Krillin and then entered the tournament so he could train them further by, you know, beating them, make sure they would would continue to develop. That does answer your question because I was like, this guy, Jackie Chun, can do a Hamehameha? Yeah, yeah, that that was was like, wow, he can do the Kamehameha, and he's like, aha, they don't know that I secretly created the technique, wow. but um, if you recognize the clothing, is it is the clothing that that Roshi wore during the World Strongest, like the kind of black martial arts stuff? Oh yeah, okay. It yeah. does
1: look familiar.
0: Yeah, it was it was an, it was a nice thing. But it also kind of again like you know when you look at the flashbacks, I suppose. I'm not sure how long they kind of showed it, but like it was a lot smaller, and this is so much more. I don't know, Selly outy, I suppose. Ah. Uh... I suppose the only thing left that I can think of uh, before we get into the end is the uh, the mysterious duo at at the end. Uh, can you think of anything else before then to talk about?
1: Uh I just I did like, you know, more of the scenes of the gang hanging out with you know, by eating and just how much of Adele is a part of the group now.
2: Mhm.
1: I liked that, yeah. Uh, really that's about it other than, you know, the the
0: stinger at the end. Yeah, I know. Grandma on Facebook page was complaining that we were taking a long time, but like, as I said in, during the recap, this is the plot now, essentially. Like the uh, the mysterious uh, characters. Um, just like, what are your thoughts on them from, from the outset? We don't get a lot of them, but it is a memorable first appearance.
1: It is, and you uh, you were commenting on the clothing. Uh, I thought the clothes looked similar to Piccolo's outfit. Okay. kind of kind of similar in in vain to that. <clears throat> uh, the the smaller of the two guys definitely seems like the leader, of, or the, the the mastermind there, because the other guy is kind of tall, quiet, didn't really contribute a whole lot.
0: There's a big, like, you know, small guy in charge, uh, big guy, bodyguard kind of thing. Yeah,
1: and he, he did kind of remind me of Frieza in his looks, I guess, his skin tone.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: How he's not overly masculine looking, not, nowhere near as, as feminine as Frieza.
0: Nowhere near, no, no, who, who could possibly be?
1: Uh, but I, I did enjoy the scene where Goku is shaking his hand, and you, Goku kind of has this look of worry on his face.
0: Yeah, or just general—I mean, yeah, just general interest. I think I think it's a great scene. I think that, like, um, to, I'm not—I'm not gonna get into exactly who these guys are next month, but um, if it, if nothing else, it's it's intriguing. It's like you know, what is the deal? Are they bad guys? You know, and if they're not bad guys, then why are they so weird? And like. When he was shaking Goku's hand, it wasn't even so much like he was squeezing his hand or breaking it or whatever. It's like, you know, Goku just kind of looked at it, and he had that really creepy smile, <laughs> which, which I, I find funny. Um, and it was, it was also cool for, like, all the z Fighters to kind of put off guard, and Videl was there with them. She could kind of see them kind of react and take things seriously. It was also kind of a nice thing for her to be, and she's like, oh, Gohan, these guys look weird. And she's not wrong. She's, she's not like... It's not like before where she says, oh, those weird guys, you know, that that, are, that is your father and his friends. Like, it's, it's like uh, she's on the same page as them. So she's, she's also being kind of brought into the fold of the next <laughs> horrible thing that I will have to deal with. Yeah, I like that she said
1: that she sensed something wrong with them. So when she says that, you kind of get that Go- Gohan kind of takes notice that, okay, I believe her. Mm-hmm. And I like that this is the only thing that Piccolo comments on the entire episode.
0: Yeah, it, 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 Piccolo is the, probably the most intuitive of, the, of all the characters. Like, you know, something is wrong or they're very—they're obviously, you know, they're obviously one of those guys who's, like, you know, stronger than they appear. But, like, you know, they're not going to be beaten up by Mr. Satan or anything. But, like, Piccolo and Goku, which is always a pairing, I like to see, says, you know, we got to definitely watch out for them. So, uh, and um, uh, this is pretty much, like, the... Um, the trip is going to continue for a long time, but... This is the introduction of the main plot of the final era of DBZ. This is where things kind of really get. This this is a, this is a turning point where things really are going to get uh uh introduced in this saga to really divert their attention and kind of you know get back to a bit more of a traditional DBZ method. But I suppose we can talk talk more about it as it comes along because it's sort of a uh it's sort of it's sort of like a uh, I don't know. Foreshadowing, I guess, more than anything else. I can't think of another word for it. I agree. It's kind of a, it's kind of a setup. Definitely. Um, that's pretty much all I can imagine. I mean, that's why I paired these four episodes together for synopsis because they were pretty much, you know, one after the other, very, very lighthearted, very. Yeah. I think, I think overall they're entertaining. I think they're like the go to the trunks fight made up for the boring parts of the first episode, and um, the. Oh, cut, I agree. Yeah, and the, and the teaser at the end kind of um, made up for whatever downtime we had in between. And the, the characters' stuff was fun. Um, My only comment is
1: all of these – all the fights' preceding episodes took place over one day? Yes. Because it's like you, you see you see Goten and Trunks climb the ladder boards, and I'm thinking they must be like just plowing through all these people. Yeah, I know.
0: <laughs> it's a weird – like um, I remember – like, like uh, the second tournament in Dragon Ball, which introduced uh, Tien and Chiaotzu, I remember that took place over a few days. But, like, um, most of the tournaments seem to take place, like, you know, I don't want to say in an afternoon, like, you know, a whole day, like, you know, one long Saturday, I guess. <laughs> it's, a, it's a bit weird. Well, I mean, also you could probably say that
1: uh, maybe they have multiple rings, so tournaments so fights can be going on at the same time.
0: That is a theory. I mean, we only, we only see the main tournament announcer guy, but he, that could be going on. He could I don't know. That could, that could be happening. I mean, obviously, I can believe that Chunks and Goten had very, very quick fights, but um, you got to imagine, like, you know, not every fighter is going to be, like, a one-hit knockout. So it's just, I, I think we're supposed to just kind of ignore that,
2: pretend <laughs> it doesn't happen. Good afternoon. You wouldn't be Goku by any chance, would you? Yeah! How did you know my name was Goku? Well, your reputation as a great fighter precedes you. I was actually hoping for a chance to fight you during the tournament. Uh... It's not that I'm confident about beating you, not at all. It's just that I want to have the greatest challenge that I can think of, and I know you're a man who understands that. Well then, it was a real pleasure. I'm honored. And I'm very much looking forward to today's competition. I've traveled very far for this opportunity to meet you in battle. You might even say that I'm one of your biggest fans. In any case, after meeting you, I'm certain that I won't be disappointed. Gosh, thanks! Goku, may I shake your hand? Huh? Yeah, of course! All right. Thank you. You're as brave as everyone says you are. Uh. Good day. Uh, hey, wait a second. I didn't catch your name. I don't like the feel of it. They're strong. Real strong. But hey, isn't that what this tournament's about? Finding the unexpected challenge and seeing who emerges as the victor?
0: Um, so, as I'm bringing up the schedule... Uh, let's see. Oh, before before I mention the schedule, any any comments on the, um... I guess we we already did comment on the, uh, the docudrama, I guess, and how stupid it was. Oh, yes, I, I thought it was kind of funny. A little bit.
1: Oh, I agree with... Goku, it was great. It was <laughs> just the, the horrible, like, animation to it with the strings and the puppeteers. <laughs> and
0: just how, how scared Mr. Satan is at the idea of it. I, I, I misremember because I thought that, like, there was a, a shot of Vegeta staring at his his actor's mask. Because, <laughs> I don't know, it's just, like, I love all their serious looks. And then Cone has a kind of dopey look on his face, you know, back when he was bald in the past, but, like, it was was entertaining, definitely, more, more than anything else, like, just, like, the really dopey, like, mask, and, like, yeah, Goku and Cell on strings fighting, and they, they got that part, but, like, they skipped out all the parts that were made, versus Satan look bad, whatever. Okay, um, next episode, this this will be a bit more, uh, labor intensive for us, I thought these are good episodes. Uh, we are going to be covering Dragon Z episodes 214 through 219. So that's five, six, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. 16. Six episodes to cover. Uh, this is when the plot really gets ramped up, and um, we shall see what happens there. And the, the torment really begins with the adults. So who shall be played up against whom? Okay, so this is basically the episode episode for the month of February. We shall see you guys back in in March. And um until then, Jesse, anything else to mention before we leave? You
1: know? No, Don, I won't go to other
0: world with you. I have a girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the part where April says Goon <laughs> Awesome. Yeah, it's like, it's like, hey, would you want to die for the third time? <laughs> anyway. Um, nice. Um, thank you very much for listening guys, and um as I mentioned before I'll, I'll uh, put an end tag for the rest of the emails. And um, until the month of March, this is Jesse and Don saying sayonara. As promised, I'm going to read off the rest of the emails before we close out for the month. Tyler wrote back to us a couple of times saying, Sorry to send an email again, I just thought of something you guys should discuss slash review. The death of the death battle of Superman versus Goku, because I would love to hear what you thought of it. Uh, Tyler, we actually talked about that in episode 17 point, not 17 point, but uh, 17 part 1. Um, I'm sure if you go through iTunes or look at the backlog of the Ellipson page, you'll find uh, that we spent uh, that episode mainly talking about emails, and uh, the first half of it, I would imagine, was talking about that death battle and Jesse and I's thoughts on it. So uh, just go to episode 17, part 1. Um, Tyler breaks back again, saying hi, guys. It's Tyler again, and I won't make you say my last name because it sounds like you guys are struggling with it, which is understandable. It, it, we like to try to get people's names right, so it's it's fine if, as long as you let us know if we're saying it right or wrong. I think like five people have gotten it right the first time, so it's cool. I wanted to ask you if you compare Dragon Ball Z to Pokemon, what Pokemon would be the, would be most like the characters? I think Lucario would be Goku, and one major reason is that in Super Smash Bra- Super Smash Brothers Brawl, um, Lucario is actually voiced by Goku's voice actor. Oh, that's kind of cool. Goten would be real Lu. Gohan as a kid, I can see would be T-R-U-G <laughs> T-R-U-G And finally Majin Buu would be Snorlax And no need to even discuss that Also if you, ha- if you haven't seen A while back there was a death battle between Goku and Superman I was wondering what you thought on the fight and who you guys would win Oh you know now Uh really quickly I accidentally told my friend about Gokuism And now he follows the religion and wants to move to Spain I think I did a horrible thing You did Uh thank you very much for that Tyler Our next email is from Mr. Ben Mogendi M- Hello Don and Jesse after a bit of doing nothing but listening to you guys, I finally caught up on the Buu Saga. I put all my other podcasts on hold because you guys are just that awesome. <laughs> you've made a terrible mistake. But let's cut to the chase. Trunks and Goten are just too cool, and I think it's awesome that they turned Super Saiyan at their age. My explanation about how they are able to transform is that, since Goku was a Super Saiyan during the days before the Cell games and did some brutal work at that time, dot dot dot, Goten had a higher chance of transforming. But I always thought that since he transformed by a simple tantrum or something i mean every kid misunderstands their parents sometimes and well we get angry and upset over something like no tv for a month same goes for trunks and to be honest trunks had to turn into super saiyan first considering his father is a conceited prince but who knows chi chi can be a real pain sometimes anyway you guys misunderstood some of my questions last last episode don remember when i was talking about gohan's hair looking the strongest super saiyan ever I mean, there, there was a time in the sagas where Goten and Trunks do something that enable them to transform to certain, something that Goku can do after a long way to fight. I hope I'm not getting too spoilery, but it has to do with the exaggeration. With the question about the Super Saiyan hair, there is a change in the design of the hair when Vegeta turns into an Ultra Super Saiyan. More lines are shown between the hair and have a more secure design than to when Goku and vegetables first t- transformed into... I, must, I assume that's a typo or an autocorrect vegetables. First transformed to a Super Saiyan. I'm a bit of an art nerd, so I hope I don't, I'm not being overzealous over here. No, I understand, um, when we get into other Super Saiyan 2s, um, there's a slight variation in one character. It's actually incredibly hard to, it's incredibly easy to mistake, um, but, um, some, some characters are, there's like little to no difference. The Ultra Super Saiyan forms, they were definitely spikier, especially with Vegeta, it was definitely spikier, I felt like. Like, the hairs were, like, as you say, straighter. They kind of just, like, like spiked out from his head a lot sharper, rather than kind of curling curling the contours of his scalp. Um, Anywho, it's, I can't believe you guys have played any, haven't played any of the modern Sonic games. If you want, there's a 2.5D Sonic game in the App Store, plus Sonic 1 and 2. Just search Sonic and you'll find them. By the way, I'm a huge Pokemon fan. Give Pokemon a try if you haven't. And in the recent Pokemon X games X and Y, there's a psychic trainer that says something after you beat him that made me gasp. He said, and I quote, Wow, you and your Pokemon's power levels are incredible. They're over 9,000 for sure. Check the link if you think I'm bluffing. One more thing, though. Do you guys watch Full Metal Alchemist? I don't mean to advertise a different anime, but he, but it has a great story. Who knows? Maybe you guys could do a podcast on it. Anywho, that's it for, for me. See you guys in the next dimension. The strongest Super Hedgehog ever, Supersonic 3, a.k.a. Ben uh thank you for that. And he's and from before, he sent a link uh, to the image of the guy from Pokemon saying over nine thousand. Um, I I'm not I don't want to speak for Jesse because I'm not one hundred percent sure, but I'm pretty sure that he like I were into Pokemon most when it first came out in the nineteen ninety nine. For all you kids out there, back when it first started with Pokemon Red and Blue, was like, yeah, oh yeah. I mean I was in fact I was into Pokemon around the same time I was into Dragon Ball Z. Like they were like they were literally around the same time. Um. Uh, I played Pokemon Red, Blue, and Yellow. Uh, I've never gotten really far. I, I don't think I don't think I've ever even beaten the game. Not for lack of trying, just you know, I never got around to it. I think I got, I believe I got all the way up to Lieutenant Surge or maybe past him. Um, I know I know it was close to, to the end of the game, but yeah, no, I mean when um, uh, Tyler was mentioning the other Pokemon characters i had no idea who they were because <laughs> i was only familiar with the original 151 so like i know there's like 700 some odd pokemon characters now so i i uh i'm, I'm way behind on that you, you guys are ahead of me because i've kind of fallen behind on not only gaming but pokemon most certainly um full metal alchemist uh i've seen very very little of uh i'm, I'm fully aware of it I, mean, I was aware when it first came on to uh, adult swim and Cartoon Network, and um, I have a friend, and she was really, really dead into the show. And um, I think I may have caught an episode or two. I've just never really gotten into a lot of a st- uh, shows. I've not really—I um, must have mentioned this before. Um, I've not really gotten into a ton of anime since high school, and like uh, that's not because I fell out of it. It was really morally because uh, kind of I was just been kind of busy. I mean, uh, after college, I got—I got, I really got into Hajime no Ippo which I've mentioned before, which is a boxing anime slash manga. Um, I've always loved the Yuuka Show and Cowboy Bebop, so I always go back to those. Um, I really got into Death Note around my junior year of college, around 2010. Uh, I've only, I only read the manga and I've seen some of the anime, but the, that was my, that was the last big show I got into. Uh, Code Geass, I watched last summer, um, and um, <laughs> uh, if you listen to Batgirl. Uh, to Oracle, a Barbara Gordon podcast Hosted by Stella uh, My good friend and former wife um, Then you'll know that uh, I, I kind of like somehow Twisted her arm to watch that show Which is my favorite um, And She kind of made me get into another show that she liked Which was Oron Host uh, Oron High School Host Club Which is uh, Possibly the girliest anime I've ever seen it's Very very shojo, But it's, it's a lot of fun, I enjoyed it but besides those, I've not really gotten to a lot of franchises. Um, so like, yeah, like if if you guys recommend like uh, Full Metal Alchemist or Naruto or One Piece or Bleach, I mean, I've just not really gotten into. Them. And that's not and it's not at all it's because you know I don't like them or I don't want to try them. Just, I've never really gotten around to them. Um, so if you if you have any uh, ideas for things that we might like, feel free to recommend them because I'm sure I probably would like them if you're recommending them. Um, okay, our uh, Next email is from Daniel, and so uh, put on a pot of coffee, here we go. He uh, heads this email, what? No mission of Goten knowing Icarus? Yeah, there's not going to be. Hello there again, Jesse and Donovan. Hope that the new year is still treating you both well. As for me, why I'm sitting here with my new Saiyan scouter, I found in my local Hastings store today on my head as I finally have time to write another (laughs) Z-mail. I'm very jealous of you, I really am. Your twenty-fourth episode was another solid exploration of the DBZ episodes. It's interesting now that you guys are following the original anime, as it seems like it, it takes it is already taking longer to get through the story of the previous sagas. But that's okay with me, it just means there will be more episodes of the next mission to look forward to, and it's great to hear all the emails you guys are getting now that, and the fun discussions they bring up. I, you. I can't remember if I heard that Akira Toyama story before or not. Either way, it sure made me laugh. I don't quite find it as salacious as you guys did. I can see, given the number of panty jokes in the early days of Dragon Ball, a fan just sending him that as a gag gift. And who wouldn't want a fan gift like that? If nothing else, it makes for an interesting conversation piece. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a little TMZ, but I thought it was kind of a funny thing. And it could. That's a good point, Daniel. It could be more of a uh, callback to his uh, manga work rather than some groupie <laughs> wanting <laughs> certain things. But, um, yeah, you know, it was 30 years ago. It probably had no place on this podcast, but, you know, it was still fun. I honestly never knew Super Sonic was a direct ripoff of DBZ. I mean, I had noticed a similarity, of course, but I just assumed there was a case of both franchises playing off the same Japanese myth or something. I wonder if there's any confirmation of this on online, somewhere online. Of course, it's not the last time Sonic has taken over from another series. In the comics, Archie, in the comics from Archie, there was a story where Robotnik and Sonic fight over an infinity, an infinity gauntlet knockoff, and um, Amy Rose's comic book origin is a total ripoff of a popular female character from the Green Lantern Corps. I know this has nothing to do with DBZ, but I've been reading some of the Sonic Legacy books, their version of a Marvel Essential recently. So you bring up the Sonic Hedgehog, and it brought brought up those thoughts. I've also never gotten into Super Sonic without cheating, but I did beat Sonic 2 without going Supersonic. So there's that. That's interesting. And I, I've known about their um, the Sonic the Hedgehog like large size releases. Um, I, I I read the Sonic comic uh, like again a decade ago, and I really liked it. And I know it's still going on. And I've always been meaning to get back into it. I've just never gotten around the time to. Um, when I was in um, Comic-Con last summer with uh, my friend Bertoni, we kind of went by the Archie booths and we saw all the Archie comics, and like, the Sonic comics, because the Archie line produces the Sonic comics. And I was really meaning to pick up some of the trades, but I never got around to it. Um, it's also interesting because Sonic the Hedgehog 3, I know that game begins with uh, the cutscene where Sonic becomes Super Sonic and flies towards the island where he meets Knuckles, so... I'm wondering if you have to go supersonic by the end of Sonic 2 or not. Hmm. Anyway. Donovan, I can't believe you brought up that doujinshi of Goku and Chi Chi doing it. <laughs> not that I've never seen it, or read it, or had I saved it saved on my computer when I was a teenager. I'm not on trial here! Yes, yeah, I, I, I know you, you are, bro. I wanted to apologize for all the filler talk in my last email. Oh, there's no need. I figured that a lot of it was the things you did not mention because either you had done so before, or you were pressed for time. I just love all the great Saiyan Man stuff and wanted to make sure you all, it was all mentioned on your show. On to what you covered this time around. This is where we really get to know Goten as a character. Even more than Gohan or even Goku, he's a happy-go-lucky kid. He's the perfect annoying little brother who's to uh, which he's kind of a relationship we've never really had in the series, so it's fun to see it explored a little here. I love his hero worship of his big brother. I also like seeing Gohan get understandably annoyed but coming around to finding a way for Goten to be of help. And when the little guy goes Super Saiyan, Gohan is actually happy. I love this bit of characterization because it feels like a very real thing that would happen between two siblings. Now let me share with you guys a little story regarding these episodes and what it was like to see this season being first released in America. See, back in 2001, before these episodes were set to air on, on television, Funimation released the Great Saiyan Man Saga on videotape, releasing two tapes at a time for about 15 bucks a piece. I was very eager to see these episodes as I had been reading about them all online. I wanted to see the grown-up Gohan and young Trunks and meet Videl and Goten. So when the first two tapes went on sale, I immediately spent my 30 bucks to buy them. And to my much and much to my surprise and annoyance, all those tapes had on them uh, the three episodes each were the other world tournaments and one single episode of the actual start of the boo saga I remember that I, I actually had one of those tapes and like it, the last episode is, is barely uh, introduces Gohan still undeterred a few months later when the next two video tapes came out I took the chance and spent my money on them this was a little better because now I got into the Great Saiyan Man stuff and everything is good but just as things are picking up in the series the tape stops right there with the episode showing Goten going Super Saiyan oh god now I don't know why this take me off so much Maybe I was really tired of paying $15 for three episodes at the same time, at a time. Maybe it was the preview narration for the next episode that actually said that Videl and Goten would need happy thoughts to fly, and hence why Goten was flying so quickly. (laughs) All I know for sure is that I would never buy a copy of Dragon Ball Z again until they actually started coming out with the actual box sets. Rant over, back at the topic at hand. I actually don't care for the bits of Chi-Chi and Videl fighting. It makes both characters look really bad to me. With Videl being a rude brat for picking a fight with Gohan's mother, and Chi-Chi looking incredibly shallow for challenging, for changing her opinion about this stranger when she hears she's rich. I can't say that these things aren't in character for them, but they are not aspects I'd like seeing. It also comes off to me as a case of forced shipping, as I guess you could call it, with the anime really hammering home how alike Videl and Chi-Chi are, so obviously Gohan is going to end up with this girl who's just like his mother. On the other hand, I really did like the bits of Videl learning how to fly. We get some nice insight into her character, and her determination as flying does not come easy for her. Thinking about it, I also really like that her motivation for all this is that she just wants to have a good fight at the tournament between herself and Gohan. And Gohan's lesson is a simple yet believable explanation for how the characters are able to fly. I actually really like seeing Gohan in the role of teacher much more like when future Gohan trained Trunks. It fits Gohan's strength as a fighter, but also as a studier. The future depicted in the Dragon Ball Online game also picked up this picked up on this and had Gohan write a textbook explaining the art of key control to the world, which is the explanation for how every other character can use those techniques in the game. That's really cool. And I th- I need to check out Dragon Ball Online, because it sounds really awesome from what I've heard of it, especially if it's supposedly in continuity. Fidel's haircut is a good look for her, definitely becoming more her traditional look and works better for fighting. I never thought of the connection Jesse made to the other strong women in Gohan's life having all shorter hair before. I always took the inspiration more from Krillin, since that was the reason for him shaving his head all those years. But seeing as how all the strong women in the series have shorter hair as well does make sense Gohan would think it for better for Videl to get it chopped. One of my favorite filler moments of the series is when Krillin and Eighteen are training for the tournament, with him begging to just have some breakfast and her pushing him to fight. It pretty much encapsulates what you would imagine their marriage to be like uh, in one five, five second scene. Thanks to you guys, now I have the whole headcanon imagining the Ginyu Frog has been staying alive this whole time by breeding with Earth Frogs and then switching bodies with his strongest offspring over and over in hopes of one day stretching to a real fighting body. I can't believe that guy's still alive. The scene where Goten meets Goku for the first time is just a beautiful moment. I will confess that it makes me cry almost every time I see it. And it's one of the main reasons I get really offended when fans start pegging Goku as his horrible father. It's a son that he's never met and instantly the two embrace each other and begin to bond. You cannot seriously watch that scene and tell me that Goku does not love his family and friends. I agree. I like the comparison you guys made of the increase in size for the world's martial arts tournament to the bigger scope and audience of Dragon Ball Z itself. The larger size is also fitting given that the Cell Games was an event viewed by the world, so after the world would want after that the world would want to see more. And given the coverage of recent real sporting events like the Super Bowl and the Olympics, it is almost easier to believe a world martial arts tournament that looks like this one than we got looks like this one than the one we got in Dragon Ball. The last thing I wanted to comment on is the big golden elephant in the room. Goten and Trunks going Super Saiyan so easily at such a young age. As far as explanations go for why they were able to do this, even though it, ridicu- it is ridiculous, I've always thought it, I've always just gone with the whole timing of Goten's conception as the explanation for why he would be so powerful so young. The real question is how Trunks did it when we already saw the future Trunks take how uh, the Future trunks take until he was a young teenager and had to go through a traumatic experience to reach that transformation. I think the no prize answer that you could assume is that the reason it took so long for Future trunks to transform is that he simply was not trained until he was that age. In the Chunks special, you get the idea that Bulma has not allowed Trunks to do any kind of training for fear he will end up like his father or her friends. On the other hand, Vegeta probably has been doing some sort of basic training with the Trunks since he was in diapers. So Future Trunks ne- probably never had the potential to transform into a Super Saiyan at this age, but because he never had the chance to try it, he never did. It makes you wonder where Future Trunks learned to fly, but that's another topic. But even with an explanation for it being possible for them to transform at such a young age, the fact that there is no motivation for either of them when that was such a key factor for the, all the other Super Saiyan transformations before this is what really drives fans nuts and marks this part of the story. We are shown four times before that this has to be a real drive in breaking of some kind of, of mental or emotional barrier to become Super Saiyan. Here it's just a kid seeing the other Super Saiyans and deciding they want to do it too. At the end of the day, for me, while the lack of motive, motive behind the transformation sucks, I, I can overlook it and just enjoy the ride. But I can see why others could get hung up on this. Yeah, and I... And I for me, it doesn't... It doesn't, like, really destroy anything for me, but, like, it does kind of bothered me, because as, as you say, <clears throat> it was such a dramatic and important and serious aspect of the series that, that for these two very young characters to just do it... I mean, I kind of see Toriyama kind of having fun with it, but at the same time, it's like... To me, it, it, it speaks more about Toriyama's mindset at this point in the series more than really anything else. And um, obviously, I'll kind of elaborate on that as the saga goes on, but like, it kind of speaks towards sort of the end of the era where like the story was being treated as seriously as it has in the past. Anyway. And of course, the real honest reason why they become Super Saiyans so easily is that Toriyama just wanted to have the two young Super Saiyans in the series. Later in the saga, it even becomes essential to the story. It's one of the first signs of probably the biggest storytelling element of the saga to me, and that is, Toriyama seems to truly just be writing the saga for himself. Not that he isn't trying to do a good job with it, but it seems clear to me that he just really wants to make a story arc entertaining to him, and would not let any kind of continuity or plot holes get in the way. Now, I really enjoy the kind of anything-goes aspect to the saga, but I can see where fans would come outright and hate the season for it. Anyway, that is all I've got for this time. Another good episode, guys, covering some solid build-up for the story. I'm looking forward to hearing what you guys have to say next time as the kids' tournament begins. Nothing like watching children beat the crap out of each other for the entertainment of adult audiences. Woo! Sincerely, Daniel Yarbrough. Thank you very much, as always, Daniel. I would also like to take the time out to publicly thank Daniel for sending me some... Actually, dozens of uh, MP3s of Dragon Ball Z music because I put the call out on the Libsyn page to uh, be made aware of any sort of other Dragon Ball Z music that I've not list- I've not put into the show because <laughs> my general memory has run out and I've kind of forgotten about um, some themes. And um, last month's intro theme was sent from him, so thank you very much for that, and thank you very much for the themes that we'll use in the future, Daniel. Our final email is from Mr. Richborn. What's up, guys? Sorry I'm pretty late with my z but every time I want an email, I keep on getting baked first. <laughs> he must live in Colorado. Prioritizing aside, I finally got out. Since I can't find much to talk about so far that hasn't been covered, I will share a story. Last month, I said being broke sucks, and it is. Having the coldest Minnesota winter in 20 years blows. Okay, it's Minnesota. Not having my car start in negative 80-degree weather was icing on the top. But I looked to Goku for perseverance and walked the three miles to my second job and would not let anything stop... on or stop me from doing what I need to be done. I know this might sound like a, a lead-in to how my life was filled with a greater purpose now that I have seen the glorious gospel of the Church of Dragon Ball wishes to share. But it isn't. Although the Kool-Aid sounds good. I just wanted to share, no matter what happens, we all have it in us to so keep on keeping on. That's all I got for now. Take it easy out there. Rick. Or Rich. Or... He signs in Rick, but it says Rich, so... um. Thank you very much, Mr. Bourne. Uh, that was an inspiring story. Um, Alright, you guys, as I said before, next episode will be covering episodes one, 214 through 219. And as I reach over to my Big Viz Dragon Ball Z Volume 7 omnibus ish uh, collection, those chapters will include, at least for the manga. The finalists are chosen, Videl battered, and the terrible mystery. So, for Jesse Garrett and myself, thank you very much for listening to The Next Dimension, a Dragon Ball Z podcast. We will see you in the month of March. Adios. Thank you for listening to The Next Dimension, a Dragon Ball Z podcast. You can find the show and leave feedback at dbznextdimension.lipson.com or write in for emails at dbznextdimension at hotmail.com. If you like what we're doing, please send in feedback at iTunes or like us on Facebook. Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball GT, and Dragon Ball Kai are all owned by Funimation, Toy Animation, Fuji TV, and Akira Toriyama. Dragon Ball is created by Akira Toriyama.
2: dead guy. You know, that's exactly what King Kai always tells me. But what can I say? I just love to eat. You're telling me. Cool. It's chow time. Gohan! Hey! All right! How'd it go, guys? It was pretty interesting.
1: Trunks beat Mr. Satan with one punch. Really? But everyone thinks that he lost the match on purpose just to be a gentleman. <laughs>
2: What a guy, huh? He should get an Academy Award for that one. And just what do you mean by that? (laughs) You don't know Krillin. He's always joking like that. (laughs) Isn't that right? You never know when to stop, do you? That's right. Now let go, please.